Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, Will Ospreay makes an AEW Dynamite appearance. Seth Rollins accepts Braun Breaker's challenge. The Uso saga continues, and the Forbidden Door lineup starts to solidify that. And a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks. Welcome to the Band from Ringside Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. the Frosted Mini Heat. And sitting directly <laughs> across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCP? <laughs> That's some good shit. As a guy that likes cereal in general, that kind of struck neat to my heart. Not a big fan of Frosty Mini Heat. I'm more of a Frosted Flakes fan, but that's neither here nor there. Same, uh, also very good. Same uh, co- company. So in it's this frosted. case, yeah, in this case, then that too, it all be plays together. And on that note, we note I'll ask their congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside Podcast, Volume Three Twelve, Chapter Three, Verse Fourteen. And the good smart saying, hashtag Who the heels? It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the holy trinity of BFR. It's good to be back. Plenty to talk about, plenty to say, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, plenty to say. Uh, <laughs> I almost texted you guys last night, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to save, save it for, for the, the pod. pod. <laughs> um, so, uh, Zach uh, had some unexpected unexpected guests at his home. He might be joining us later. He might not. I hope that he is, because I, there's a few things that I'd like to hear his mm-hmm. opinions about, mm-hmm. and both going to be showing up later also. But, you know, we are sitting here in gorgeous St. Charles, Missouri. I Very mean, nice. the weather, I know that Zach makes fun of me for talking about the weather, but it's pretty nice out here. It's, All bullshit aside, it, an hour from now, it's going to really get really even better. It's going to get nice and cool. All you need is a breeze, and it'll be perfect. Uh, we hit, Like I said, we have plenty to talk about. I was uh, texting back and forth with one Tender Mahal last night. Happy birthday, Tender Mahal. It was his birthday last <laughs> night. Uh, he had some... <laughs> You know what? I'll tell you what. If you hit me up on Twitter, I will DM you uh, some of the stuff that some of the stuff that Joey O'Farrell was texting yesterday. Let's just say that Joey O'Farrell had a pretty good birthday. He's having a great start to his forties. Uh, Jason, it's just me and you for uh, now. You know, just like it was always supposed to be, always and forever, man. I, I, I say, man. You know, we always as Scorpios, we always got something to say. We got plenty to talk about, but. Zach, no, th- Zach loves it when we say that. Yeah, for sure. He yeah, thinks that's funny. I was about to say, it, it does so much for his confidence and his uh, self-esteem that uh, every time he's gone, we're like, yes! Yeah, but, I mean, here, here's the thing. Zach's not here, but Cormac McCarthy died a couple days ago, which is uh, an author that Zach and I speak a lot about with each other. And also, I went and saw a cartoon at the movie theater. I went and saw Into the Spider-Verse. Whoa! Uh, because it was getting such good reviews, and uh, Aaron and I were sans baby the other night, and I am not a big cartoon guy, not at all. In fact, I kind of hate them. Like, and I was I was tripping more of the comic book scenario yeah. than anything else. I heard it was good, and I'll tell you what, it was pretty good. <laughs> it was it was mega fun, man. Mind uh, blown. 
I'm glad that I wasn't stoned because I would have been fidgeting. As f- I mean, there's a lot going on on screen, man. It is. Uh, but seriously, um, you know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not so proud that I can't say when uh, something that I wasn't expecting. I'm not going to stick to it and say cartoons suck, even though I think cartoons suck. But like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this was the exception that proves the rule. It was a pretty fun movie. And uh, R.I.P. Cormac McCarthy, if you get a chance to check out any of, uh, you know, I don't need to sell Cormac McCarthy, R.I.P. 89. But without further ado, let's get to that three count. One, two, three. JCB, dealer's choice. Um, We're just going to stick to the the script as we've been going lately because WWE, at least the bloodline storyline, has been so white hot. I ain't even going to call it red hot anymore. It's white hot. I want to stay with that. Um, Opening SmackDown, you had, obviously, Jay coming back, and the storyline coming in was Jay was expected to make a decision between himself and the bloodline itself. Paul Heyman throws out the deal of the lifetime, but dare I say, you know, it's an offer that can't be refused if you're wanting to steal a line from the Good Godfather uh, saga he would be in line basically to be the next tribal chief if he decides to come back to the bloodline. Obviously, this is a huge thing, but of course, you know, when would he become the tribal chief was the first thing that crossed my mind. Obviously, I'm a cynical bastard, so of course, I'm looking for the rug to get pulled out under Jay at a certain point. Obviously, Jay thinks about it. We'll come back to that here in a second. Um, From that point, Money in the Bank qualifying matches, nothing too crazy. Santos Escobar goes over. Uh, Mustafa Ali, obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, we'll talk about NXT here in a bit. Um, Bailey goes over. Meechin slash Mia Yim. Um, okay, I get it. Bailey's supposed to kind of, I guess, I don't even, I won't even go that far. This is my problem with the Money in the Bank, and I get certain people are supposed to be in it. Natalia, Bailey, superstars of that nature that have been there, done that. But this is really supposed to be about, the, like, the Liv Morgans of the world, the Nikki Crosses of the world. More of those men and women should be in this match because that's what, at least in my mind, Money in the Bank was intended to be. Damian Sandow would have never even – he would have he was already over a bit, but once he got the Money in the Bank, that shit went to another level. And then him and Mizdow was oh, well, it's a whole different thing. Even before Riz, Rusev Day, there was Mizdow, and nobody thought that shit would got, get over, and then ultimately got over. Go ahead. The reason that you're – I think that the reason that you're equating – Mizdow with Rusev Day is because they were angles or characters that started to get over that were kind of kind of squashed from within because the general the general thought being well Vince didn't come up with it so it's not worth his time he's not he's not going to like something that gets over that's that's not his thought I, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the Eric Bischoff interview that I, I kind of sent to you earlier today. He was on Ariel Hawani talking about Dennis Rodman, of all things, for the first 37 minutes. I fast-forwarded through that and listened to his thoughts on Tony Khan and AEW and CM Punk. Pretty interesting stuff, but I'm not trying to make this about Eric Bischoff. I'm going somewhere with this, but my the thing is that Eric Bischoff, to me, doesn't seem like a liar. 
he seems to me like somebody who thinks an awful lot of himself, and he's been, you know, hit the name of his podcast is fucking 83 weeks because for 83 weeks WCW was beating WWE. That strikes me as somebody who is living off of something that happened <laughs> over 20, I mean, basically 25 years ago. Hey, hey, it's a, it was a huge time at the point, so I ain't mad at him for it. Right, so he might not be the best guy to ask about Tony Khan and what the comparisons are to WCW. I'm not here to argue with him, but, you know, he did say something in that interview where he said when Vince was in charge, everything had to go through Vince. Vince had his fingers on everything creative, and that's the difference between Paul Levesque or Paul Levesque. Yeah. Levesque? Levesque. Levesque, yeah. Difference, and he was saying the difference between Paul, Triple H, basically, and Vince is that Triple H is more of a manager, and he doesn't mind not having he, – he trusts the people around him to do their job, which as guys who have had – jobs at many different places those those are probably the best kind of managers right the people Agreed. that don't have to micromanage Agreed. i'll come to you when i need you that being said the men's money in the bank which has been very disappointing the last couple of years you know with austin theory being a last minute entrant you know that kind of took all the suspense out of that particular money in the bank, I remember watching it here by myself and being like, well, once Austin Theory was entered, it was over. Yep. At the money in the bank that I was at a few years ago in St. Louis with a friend of the show and personal friend David Patterson, Brock Lesnar was the mystery entrant. And Brock Lesnar won money in the bank, which was one of the – was that money in the bank? That's mm-hmm. one of the worst one of the worst things that they could do to money in the bank. Brock Lesnar, that's not the spirit of the money in the bank idea. Putting the women aside for a second, the men's, they said it's solidified. There might be a seventh guy coming in. They they said that there isn't. I'm pretty surprised that Montez Ford isn't, isn't in it. But the six guys that are the finalists that are going to be the entrants in the men's money in the bank seem to me like if, one of, if they don't pull anything stupid and have Drew McIntyre enter at the last minute or right. something like that, right. then they are going to make a new star. Because we're looking at Butch, we're looking at Santos Escobar, Ricochet, Damian Priest, L.A. Knight, and um, there's one that I'm forgetting. Help me out. Great pod, great pod. Right, right. Just keep talking. Just keep talking. I'll fix this at the end. Um, But these are all, all, all six of those guys. If one of them were to win it, it would make their career pop a little bit. It would be interesting for them. It would, Listen, it was interesting with Austin Theory. Nakamura. Nakamura. Okay. Nakamura is a little different, even though it's cool having him in there. Uh, it's it's cachet in the sense that you have someone that, it, it, but has never been a world champion. That's why I think Nakamura is in there. Plus, it gives it a Well, little, he has been world champion, though. Yeah, he won. He beat AJ Styles at WrestleMania. No, he didn't. Nakamura won the Royal Rumble. He never, he no. was never world never heavyweight world champion. champion. No. Okay. Well, then I guess Nakamura could win too. But it seems to me that the only two possible winners here are Damian Priest and LA Knight. Would you agree with that? Um, I'd say that LA Knight it was my pick. Uh, Damian Priest, I can. <clears throat> LA Knight is the odds-on favorite in Vegas, also. Um, damn, I didn't know that. Um, and Damian Priest is number two. Damian Priest is plus 125, and I think that LA Knight might be, like, even odds. 
Okay. Good to know. Um, place your wagers when you uh, you have the chance, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Damian Priest, I see that because of what happened on Raw and what's been happening on Raw. Obviously, he had the title match with Seth Rollins the week before, lost it, looked really good. This week, basically pulling Finn aside and like, okay, all this shit you've been doing, you know, you make sure you better win the title. Otherwise, well, More important than that, he went over Riddle clean, which like, was... As a whistle. Yes. As a, that's a sign of, you know, I don't basically need you, Jokers, or I, I was, you could get excommunicated from the Judgment Day, and my, J.D. McJohn is on, the, on deck circle. Pretty strange to see a heel like Damian Priest go clean over Matt Riddle. And my eyebrows raised. I was like, oh, shit. I, I guess they're serious about him. And you know what? Good for him. He has, He's certainly put in his time as a professional wrestler, and he showed that he was capable of being the heavy in a big-time match in that match in Puerto Rico against Bad Bunny, and I think good for him. And it looks like they're getting ready to turn him babyface. And like you said, J.D. McDonough and Finn Balor were backstage, and they were talking about something. They don't do that. That's not an accident. Nope. And J.D. McDonough would – I think J.D. McDonough being part of – because – if they're not going to break up Judgment Day, which I don't think they should, and we talked about this last week, if they're not going to break them up, but they're going to turn Damian Priest babyface, they need to add somebody else to the faction, and J.D. McDonough would be a good guy to add to the faction. J.D. McDonough is a pretty cool wrestler. Um, personal stuff aside, like, you know, I, I don't really know what the deal is. I don't know the details at all. J.D. McDonough is a pretty cool wrestler, and his thing is his character is is something about how much he likes pain. So, right, Judgment Day, fucking right on. I would like to add versus subtract. That's just me because in when I see J.D. McDonough in and Damian Priest out, I hear your voice calling it the Lollipop Guild. And then Rhea Ripley becomes the heavy. And now at that point, it's going to be really hard to kind of sell them to anybody that thinks, not like you, but... I had a conversation about, you know, Jungle Boy today, how he's not, you know, sized enough to be world champion. If you get a bunch of Jungle Boys running around in a, a faction, that's going to be undisputed error. Great example. As great as they were, you definitely ran them down and called them the Lollipop Guild on more than one occasion. That's my fear with Judgment Day if you put JD in and take Damian Priest out. Guilty as charged. I certainly used to say that about the Undisputed Era, and um, I stand by it being a funny joke. I am not uh, I'm not here to say that the Undisputed Era wasn't effective. They, they were certainly badasses. Um, that never even crossed my mind with J.D. McDonough being with Finn Balor and Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley. Probably because I don't think about Finn Balor being that small necessarily. I just think about Finn Balor being a badass. Dominic Mysterio, I don't know how tall he is because I only compare him to his dad, and his dad's about four foot eleven. <laughs> and Rhea Ripley is a she's a monster, a monster heel, a monster, and they certainly like. If obviously they think a lot about Rhea Ripley, but even after she had a segment last night, they did a vignette about her later on. Like they are all in, doubling the all in on her and. Good for her because she fucking rules, and she is over. When she came out to receive her new belt at the beginning of Raw, it was nothing but cheers. 
and she didn't get booze until Dominic came out. And then she, she and then oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'll finish up with SmackDown really quick. That's you know I want to talk about that. Bianca uh, catches uh, Adam Pearce backstage. She wants a rematch. Basically, is going to get a discussion. We'll hold off to that for thirty seconds. Just side eye. I love. Bianca side eye heel turn incoming in 30 seconds. I see it coming. Everybody else should see it as well. Mm-hmm. Oscar comes out. Charlotte comes out as well. Charlotte wants to jump the line, quote unquote, and become the next champion. Immediately, I'm like, this is perfect. Bianca's going to flip heel. Nothing was established at that point. Bianca catches Adam Pierce's side on the phone saying this is a great opportunity, yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, Bianca's obviously mad as well. She should be mad. A, she hasn't gotten a rematch yet, and now B, Charlotte is back, and now Charlotte looks like she is going to get the title match. Is that official or no? I didn't think it was. That I don't know. I guess the question that I'm more interested in is, are we getting the triple threat at SummerSlam between Asuka, Bianca, and Charlotte? Also, hmm. my, you know, as a as a side question. I was going to say money. I thought money in the bank would be Charlotte, Asuka. You Pro- piss, you prob- piss Bianca off. Probably is. Flip her heel. Well, then who's the baby face in that equation between Charlotte, Bianca, and Asuka? In WWE's mind, is Charlotte. Okay, but she doesn't act. Do you, she's not relatable. Do you agree that she does not act like a baby face? No. She's, she's I don't still even think, the, she's I don't still even the, think she acts like a tweener. I think she acts like a heel. Now, maybe that's my own biases towards her. And She's I, more of a tweener than a heel. At this I have point. said on this podcast before that ever since she tossed that belt away from Becky, uh, apparently going off script and doing it just to be a cunt. Oh! <laughs> ah, come on. I mean, we're adults here. Um, I mean, she was being a cunt. That I, I will have a hard time ever seeing her as a baby face ever again. It's hard to. Especially if she goes out there and says... I jumped the line because I started the line or I am the line or whatever she said. It's like that's not really a baby face thing to do. At all. Not really a tweener thing to do either. I mean, that's fucking heat. No, that, that's – it's still – you have to appreciate in this scenario who she's pitted against. Asuka is a heel, flat out. No question about it. Yep. Flat out heel. Yep. Even the way Charlotte came off in this promo, and I agree – the more you talk about it, I can see where you're coming from, especially from your point of view. WWE has positioned Charlotte in their mind. Mm. She's the babyface. So this is their standard babyface versus heel trope, whether we agree with it or not. Right. Irrelevant. Charlotte's the babyface. Asuka's the heel. And now Bianca is in that motion of tweening towards going towards heel. Let's see what ha- my guess is. If they haven't made it official, it would be Oscar and Charlotte at Money in the Bank. Somehow Bianca, if if she does, if you want to get the triple threat, that's the end goal. She interferes in that match, and that's how you get the triple threat. See, this is what's so interesting to me. This is why wrestling will never cease to be interesting to me, is because you're playing against the characters. Their real life personas, which are not always that different, the crowd, and then the way that WWE was positioning them. Because I was getting ready to compare Charlotte to John Cena, but John Cena got booed despite of how big of a babyface he was supposed to be positioned at. Charlotte gets cheered 
no matter how she gets positioned, basically. And I'm not going to go that far. There, there was a time where Charlotte was one of the most hated personas, but man or man or male or female in least, WWE. At least John Cena tried to appeal to the people, though. John Cena would be like, "I'm only here because of you guys, and if you boo me or if you," he used to. Say, this wasn't just what he was saying to agree in interviews. He used to say, "If you boo me, if you cheer me, whatever, I'm just glad you're here." You know, he appealed to the uh, to to the crowd. Charlotte doesn't do that at all. Charlotte's nope. like, "I'm above you. I'm above Oscar. I'm above Adam Pierce. I'm above Bianca. I am a bigger deal than anybody." Now, I've I've also said here that I think that Charlotte is the most successful women's wrestler in WWE history, if not the history of the world. <laughs> that, I'm not laughing at, you, at that statement. I'm just laughing at just the history of the world. I mean, that's we, WWE we, history. I will. I will concede you that. I mean, she's a 14-time champion. I will concede you that. You know. Uh, if it ends up being Charlotte versus Asuka versus Bianca, and Asuka's, got, Asuka's a heel, Charlotte's whatever Charlotte is, and Bianca kind of has one eye pointed at being a heel, I'm sure that match will be incredible. Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley was one of the best matches at WrestleMania. If WWE not, Women's Match of the Year so far. Yep, if not the best match at WrestleMania. Charlotte has has had banger after banger after banger with Sasha Banks, a.k.a. mercedes Monet. Charlotte can wrestle anybody, and if she wants to, she can put on a hell of a match. That's not to say anything about how great Asuka and Bianca are either. I'm not going to get that invested in the story. If the match happens and it's a triple threat at, tri- at SummerSlam, I'm going to be glued to the screen. I'm not going to be looking at my phone. I'm going to be watching that match because that match, no doubt, will bring down the house. No, I agree. I think that's ultimately the end game here. It's just... But the story the story is going to... I'm just going to be bored with the story. I'm, oh, no, I want to see the see Bianca wins. heel turn. If, 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 if Bianca is going to truly be a heel, then there's got to be something that sets her off. But if you're going to... Ha- if these are the three best that WWE women's division has to offer, and I would argue that it is the three best that WWE women's division has to offer. Okay, that's you fair. can say what you want about Becky or Ronda Rousey or whoever the fuck. EO Sky is fucking great. That's the one I was going to say, but it hasn't been established yet, but go ahead. Then you have to have a baby face. One of them has to have a baby face. Because obviously it's, it's Charlotte. everybody wants to be heels. That's fine. It just doesn't. In, in their mind, it's Charlotte, but there's going to be people that are going to root for Bianca. You know, your your girl got fucked over. I get that. You want her to see. You want her to get the receipt and get some. Uh, Sounds some like love they should the have taken time. the belt off her sooner. I said it. What what was the uh, the pay per view we were at? And I was saying that Bianca's that reign we were, was going was feeling a little stale towards the. That we end. were at. No, I mean like phys- not physically there, but okay. we were watching it. I think it was at Joey's house or whatever. Whatever the last pay per view was. Maybe WrestleMania. Um, I just felt it was getting stale. Now we're we're getting to a point where Bianca is running out of things to do, running out creative ideas to throw at her. Something needed to be different. A heel turn, and I was saying it on, on Twitter today, that's everybody's, you know, excuse. Oh, just flip him heel, flip him baby face. You know, everything will be great. And it's not always the case, okay? In this scenario, the way they built this story, this makes 
since. You fucked her up. She lost the title. She hasn't gotten a rematch. And now Charlotte is possibly is going to jump ahead of her. Fuck that shit. I'm giving you Joker side eyes from this point on. Can't argue with that. Um, next week, we are having a gauntlet match on SmackDown to determine the number one contender for the tag team championships. And the gauntlet match is the OC, the Street Profits, the Brawling Brutes, LWO, and Pretty Deadly to see who faces Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Who do you think wins that? On three, we'll say, you say the name, I'll say the name. On three. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Pretty, Pretty Deadly. Deadly. Yep. They are making uh, – they are, they are one of those NXT teams that translates to – that they're ready. They're ready for the spotlight. They are ready for the big time. Now, let me ask you this. Okay. I can't, I can't remember if I asked you this last week because last week I got stoned, and uh, you know I remember. Go there ahead. was there was a there, it was blurry there for about <laughs> a, an hour. Good job, fights. How much of Pretty Deadly being over is pretty deadly as talents, uh-huh. and how much of it is those shirts? <laughs> I don't because, think I don't think you asked <laughs> Have we ever seen anybody wear these shirts? Maybe like HBK. God, it on. is perfect. It is fucking perfect for their characters. Yes, though. yes. They, they're they, the pretty boys. They, you know, they think they're just a better than everybody, tag team wise, and and you know, looks in the whole nine yards. Pretty deadly versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens sounds like a bunch of fun. It really does. If you build it up right. I would, it's not, it probably wouldn't go to SummerSlam. It would probably be a Money in the Bank match, and that's fine. Get a couple promo battles in between the two if you can. Send it over to London. I think London will eat that shit up with a spoon because all four guys can go. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what did you? Did, did, so with the same or with the uh, with the USO thing about? So let's just fast forward to the end. I was about to say. The, the, well, the USO saga. When Roman Reigns isn't there, and I said this a couple weeks ago, is that when Roman Reigns is there, it really does elevate the segment. It's like, okay, now we're going to have some actual uh, story (laughs) progression. Right. Not saying that there wasn't story progression this year, but it does kind of seem like they're treading water, and they're getting a lot of TV time out of Paul Heyman talking to Jey Uso, saying you're going to be the travel chief. It's like, okay, well, Paul Heyman's obviously lying to him, you know. <laughs> so I, ult- Don't leave. what I'm more interested in is what's the next match and what the SummerSlam match is. So, because we can talk about how uh, Jimmy accidentally super kicked Jay, or it might, yes, Jimmy Jim, super accidentally Jim, super kicked Jay. Solo Sokoa came in to fuck. Jay out of the U.S. Championship against Austin Theory, pretty deadly. Also got involved there. Like, obviously, I think our call of pretty deadly winning the tag match is pretty much set in stone. They are somebody's behind them. They, yeah, the creative likes them a lot. Yeah, but they should be. I mean, all the all the other guys we mentioned in some form or fashion has gotten their chance, has been champions, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. It's just pretty deadly's time. I'm not saying they're going to win it. I think that they should be in the match against Sammy and KO. It will be a fresh match, and you go from there. It's exciting to see these NXT call-ups being, like, put in positions where they can succeed. It's it's sink or swim time. You know what I mean? And some people are going to stink. Zoe Stark's promo on Raw was rough. Yeah. Uh, it was – I felt bad for her. She seemed nervous. 
that's why I think you needed Trish on her side because right. Trish has been there, done that. She's Let got a great. She's got a great look. Uh, she can wrestle. Yeah. Uh, she just seems. It's just when I see somebody. Full sale is real, real comfortable when you go there week after week. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, they really haven't started moving around, and Zoe Stark was there week after week at Full Sail. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's a comfortable place right. to go. Right. Especially you know? when they tape it, you know, two or three times, you get yeah. used to seeing familiar faces, all that other good shit. Right. Yeah. That ain't this. Exactly. And she's just gonna ha- if she is going to go where I uh, think she can go, She's going to have to get that figured the fuck out we quick. Re- we really got to start disagreeing here soon. <laughs> People are going to start tuning out. But it is nice to see them put these guys in Agreed. position to succeed. And they're putting Putty Deadly in a position to succeed. They're putting Zoe Stark in a position to succeed. Uh, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn are bumping heads with... Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. I, yeah. I mean, you can roll your eyes and, yeah. I didn't roll my eyes. I just said, man. Well, I. Okay, here I we did, go. Here we go. I just disagree. No, 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 no. You're going to go, no. go against me on no, this. No, I'm go not. Ahead. I'm not because I'm going to. Well, why I, does this make sense? I'm really. Well, it makes sense because they're trying to. They're just giving them an opportunity. There's so much TV a week. You can give people opportunities. And if they fuck it up, then they fuck it up. And you don't go back to them or you give them a second opportunity. The reason I don't care it's because I don't care about any forum. <laughs> like, I, I don't give a fuck. Just let them. Just let them go. And if if people start to like them, then people start to like them. And I I would rather see Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey mix it up with Isla Dawn and Alba Fire than mix it up with Liv Morgan and uh, I'm not Raquel Rodriguez. I'm not disagreeing with that. When you have not like Raquel Rodriguez came up from NXT five years ago. I mean, she's pretty new too. Yeah, but true. true we, Sorry, we they, know what she can do. Yeah, and and they've pushed her to your point. They've kind of pushed her, not even pushed her, but they've just kind of you know baby step here, baby yeah. step here. They've baby given step her here. opportunities. They obviously think a lot of her, without question. Somebody, I'll say somebody that, likes her back a whole lot. Yeah, no they, shit. They, she Jesus. always shows her back. Man, give me a gun show or something. I mean, damn, we get it. No, nope, her big. back. <laughs> we get nope. it. The back's big. Can we get a gun show or something? I don't even know what the point is of the back. I have like, no idea. Zero. That It always blows my mind. I'm just kind of like, okay, you're wide back. Get it. Yeah, you got a back. Um, I have a back, too. No shit. I guess my whole big- a hair up the middle of it, but I got one. Aaron needs to get on that. I'll say this. My whole problem with it is because- you got two champions against each other, NXT and the women's tag titles. Nobody really cares about the the main roster tag titles. And now you have the NXT tag titles that I, I'll, I'll let you f- talk about that. I don't watch this, the program. It would make sense to me. You would drop the titles when they go up and then you have this. Why unify titles that nobody care about? Oh, I have no answer for that. I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at my NXT notes for this week, and there's not even I don't even know if there's a women's tag team on the roster right now. So we're just going to eliminate the NXT tag titles. And just- I mean, I'm looking at every woman that was on NXT this week. So you got Tia Hale, you got uh, Roxanne Perez, Roxanne Perez. You got Tatum Paxley, Fallon Henley, Gigi Dolan. Uh, the gal that was with Gigi Dolan, J.C. Jane, wasn't on it this week. They used to be a tag team, right. uh, but they split them up. I don't even know if there's tag teams to challenge for it. So they're going to unify these tag teams. And listen, if they want to unify those tag teams, if they want to make NXT, and we'll talk about NXT a little bit more in depth later, or, or 
it seems like there seem there's more of a uh, give and take going between NXT and the main roster now, which is actually making NXT pretty fucking good. Interesting. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. NXT was good this week, but I, 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 like I said, I put my eye on it a little bit. I mean, they're doing all sorts of fucking stupid shit with the with the belts these days. They introduced a new belt for Rhea Ripley. I guess they're just taking the titles of Raw and SmackDown off the belts. Essentially, so there's yeah. the world there's the women's world championship belt, which is what Rhea holds now. The other one is still called the SmackDown belt. No, it's the WWE Women's Championship. Okay. Uh, All it's right. look, they're just taking the names, they're taking the Raw and SmackDown titles off of them so that way if they want to do something like this in the future because this is the whole thing about having Oscar winning and more so Rhea Ripley winning okay you got these women winning and now they've been drafted on the opposite shows we were talking well I was definitely like okay this sm- smells like title switch to me especially after Bianca retained so now and you this is where your hatred from uh Char comes into play. Nobody wanted to see the title switch. So they just kind of just slyly let things play themselves out. You take the title off Bianca, put it on Asuka, and now we rebrand all the titles. Boom. No problem. So that from moving from this point on, if they want to do the draft, you can, but then you won't have to have some, you know, title switch scenario at a later point where things could get ugly. Couple other things about the WWE main roster before we move on. Um, following up that killer match last week, which was Gunther versus Kevin Owens, we have a tag title match for the titles between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn <laughs> uh, versus Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser, or however uh, the chick says it. It's so funny that. that that announcer, I forget what her name is. She is really Samantha funny. Uh, Santa, Irvin. Irvin, yes, yeah. thank you. Uh, she's really funny the way she says Ludwig Kaiser and Gunta. No, she's good. She's good all around. She's one yeah, of the, I, one of the better ring announcers we have in uh, in all professional wrestling. I'll go that far. Ludwig Kaiser gets pinned by Sami Zayn after a bunch of chicanery outside, mm. including Matt Riddle, including. Uh, was pretty deadly involved in that too. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they, they were. Saying. Austin Theory, I thought, came out. It was it was a bunch of uh, chicanery and fuckery the whole nine yards. I'll just say this: What did you? Th- well, hold on. Go ahead. Sorry. What did you think about Imperium versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and then or after Damian Priest beat Riddle, Imperium comes out and beats the shit out of Matt Riddle. Pick and, the bones. And then says, <laughs> pick the bones to, who was it that came in? <laughs> I mean, uh, Priest and Gunther came up, and they're, you know, Priest is walking out, and uh, Gunther and Kaiser are walking in, and I'm like, uh-oh. He says, pick the bones. And they, you know, they stop, and they got the hard camera shot, and it's just like, oh. And for like five seconds, I was like, oh, I can see this. We can see this happen. Let's go, you know, y'all can fight if you want to. And he's like, pick the bones. Unbelievable. Great line. And then the other thing that I want to say before we move on is there's kind of an interesting rivalry or f- angle going on right now between Bronson Reed, Ricochet, and Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm a little s- disappointed that Bronson Reed's not in the Money in the Bank. Circle gets the square. I mean, I understand that Ricochet, went, they want Ricochet in there because it's a ladder match. I yeah, think Ricochet that's fine. No, I get it. He's Kofi Kingston. Next to zero chance of winning it. Very. But... Um, it's kind of a fun little 
the three-way three-way rivalry, don't you think? It would be if there was something to if there was the winner could gain something out of this, or if there was you know the winner of this match. Let's say let's go past Money in the Bank, and obviously none of the three win it. Shinsuke doesn't win it. Obviously, Bronson Reed's out. Uh, Ricochet doesn't win it. Let's say the winner of a three-way match gets a chance at Gunther. Something like that. I don't want to see them do it just to do it. Let's put some time, let's put some stakes on it and make it mean something. Because otherwise, you're just putting it on there, and then let's say Bronson Reed goes over which he should, but it's now for Bronson Reed to start, stop, start, stop. Well, here's the thing with Bronson Reed. He's the only one with any kind of momentum at all. It Does he? I Is mean, he? Yeah, I think that people like him. But that, uh, and, uh, that I, doesn't equate to momentum. Listen, I think to me momentum is... Would you call it momentum? <laughs> momentum is if I look at him and he's won like the Elimination Chamber match. That's one of the big matches that I thought he would do well in and possibly win it. And he has it. And he's lost the money in the bank qualifying match. So the chances where he's had it, he's looked good in the ring, but he hasn't gone over, I guess, going over versus getting over. Is he over? Yeah. It's time for him to start getting over in matches so you can elevate him up the card. Doesn't it feel more like momentum, though, because it it's it feels more like momentum because he's new on the main roster again and he is being put in feuds with guys that have been on the main roster and haven't done anything in a while. Then he should be going over these guys. He should then by what you're saying, he should be in the money in the bank match itself. Is Riddle gonna take the Intercontinental belt off of Gunther? Hell no. Who is going to take the belt off of Gunther? TBA. I, right now, I have no idea. Are they going to keep the belt on Gunther until he breaks Honky Tonk Man's record? Yeah, for sure. And then from that point, it's all better. How far off. away is he from that? He's pretty close. I was going to say 5'11", I think, is Honky Tonk's record. He's Gunther is in, in the 400s. So really? Mean, yeah. Quiet He's in is, the 400s? Quiet is kept. Well, we've been, we've been in this whole Roman Reigns thousand-day yeah, era, and is, they just said and Up they is just down, said left it. is right. right. Dogs are sleeping with cats. That's, Mass hysteria. They Roman just cracked a thousand. They've quietly said that Gunther did four hundred within the last couple of weeks. So we're getting close to that five eleven mark or whatever it is a honky tonk man is. He, I mean, Gunther doesn't lose. No, and that's what I'm saying. He lost a Royal Rumble after being in there for the whole for the whole goddamn thing. Right. That's what I'm saying. It, once he breaks it, let's talk. At that point, I don't think any. Nobody that's getting in front of him is going to beat Gunther. He's just that guy in the mid card. One last thing, and I wanted to get your thought on this because when I watched the segment, I knew what I thought. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick your brain on it. Mm. The Seth Rollins Finn Balor segment, where the the fans, in my opinion, Don't tried to hijack it and hijacked it at certain points. Do you agree? What did you think? No, I don't think that they tried to hijack it. I think that it was frustrating for. It seemed to me like it was more frustrating for Seth Rollins than it was to Finn Balor. I think that Finn Balor, what? I think that Finn Balor kind of rolled with it. Maybe no, I don't. Maybe this is what you think. You think it. You think it threw Finn Balor off. Definitely. Did you this think was it, Finn Balor's moment to say, "Hey, this is the reason why I'm coming back." You got but me hurt. Knows that's the reason he's coming but back. But you can't. You can't 
pay attention to what Finn is saying while it's like the what chance or something along those lines. Okay, so let me ask you this. Go ahead. This is probably a deeper conversation. But do you think that when – are you saying it was disrespectful of the crowd? I'm not saying it's dis. It's not disrespectful eh, of the crowd because eh, you pay for you eh, when you pay. Well, now I'll say what you say. When you pay your money, you have a right to do certain things. You do now. Doesn't make it cool. A and B. On Twitter, I was like, Finn just needs to talk. Talk through this shit. Don't acknowledge these motherfuckers because once he they did, did eventually. Okay, because he. Ha- for whatever reason, he felt like he had no choice. Yeah. But if he – that's like acknowledging the little crying kid in the corner that's just acting up just so you pay attention to All him. Right. Shut the fuck up. Let me talk. This – if if this was in a vacuum and we just saw this promo the way it should have been, yep. you probably should be a little more excited about this match because it's, it's a full circle match. Yep. Finn Bauer's coming back for his receipt. And it's been a yep. – you know – all the things, you check all the boxes, it all makes sense. Okay. I'm going to try to get your ass back. Okay. The fact that now you put it in that raw scenario, all that is gone because now the fans decided, because they love Seth so, we don't give a fuck what Finn's got to say. Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. I mean, most of it is Seth is super over. I'm not disagreeing Mega with that. over. I'm not disagreeing with that. I don't then even as, know what point ma- you're trying to make then. My point is this. This should this should feel like a bigger match than it should be. A B Finn Balor, God bless him, he tried but couldn't get the crowd to just shut the fuck up and let me. There's other guys that would have that could have gone through that. If you'd have put Kevin Owens in that same spot, totally different scenario. Well, it comes out I mean, okay. He's the best. That's my point though. <laughs> like, but that's my point. Yeah. Finn Balor <laughs> felt the heat. Oh, and I'm, it kind of melted that in a, that spot. That was my heart just melted because that was such a nice thing to say about but Owens. You so you're get, right. He's but the you best. get my point. Okay. There's here, certain guys that would have done it better in that scenario. Okay. A few things here, and one of them you hit on. Seth is mega over, no doubt. But also. Finn is over as a heel. They would not, and also Finn is associated with Dom. They are in the same faction. Finn is over as a heel. They were trying to get on the heel's nerve. The most important thing is here, though, we have spent the last 15 years of our lives watching Monday Night Raw, and almost on every single Monday Night Raw, it's a shit crowd in front of a shit town in front of a shit product. I am never going to blame a crowd for being hot. That was a hot crowd on a regular-ass Monday Night Raw, and they were behind Seth Rollins. God bless him. We could use more of that in wrestling. Fuck sitting around waiting for Finn to finish his fucking promo. The reason why I'll disagree with you this when you say Finn is over, if he's so over that you're into that segment once Finn starts to say, hey, this is what's no, up. Or, or, or you're not. Or you're not. Or you're part of the show because the crowd is part of the show and totally they disagree. did what they wanted. No, I totally oh, disagree. There you go. You wanted to disagree? There you go. Yeah, now we're disagreeing. <laughs> You're happy now? Totally hijacked that segment. Here's the thing. All they had to do was sit there, shut the fuck up, and let Finn talk. Yes, and here's the thing. I wanted to hear what Finn had to say. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hear that promo. But I wasn't in that town, and I wasn't in those seats. And it's But what so- are we talking about? But what are we talking about? The um, fans. Yeah. We're not talking about what Finn said. We're because, talking about what the fans are doing. It ma- because it made it a more interesting moment. No, it didn't. Yes, it did. No, it didn't. What, Finn's just going to cut some regular-ass promo about how he got hurt seven years ago and now he wants to go with Seth? He said everything he wanted to say. 
it made it a more interesting pro. It made it a more interesting segment because the crowd was into it. And when the crowd is into it, I'm not, we look, say it you over can be and over into and over it again. after the fucking fact. When the Let crowd the is man in, speak. Yeah, but oh, so you're saying it's disrespectful. So you're saying it's disrespectful. I know. I know. No. Yes, you no, did. I did. No, I didn't. I did not say it was All disrespectful. Right. That's okay. What you were getting no. At I, what did I say to, like 30 seconds beforehand? If uh, they were that invested and Finn's that over. Head, dude. I have no idea what you said. If Finn is that over and they're that invested, yes. then you would. It would be, it'd be like, they don't boo Roman Reigns. They don't, you know. Over try to over talk Roman Reigns. When Roman Reigns comes in, everybody shuts the fuck up and let Daddy speak. Right. You have the same fucking you know hey. dignity for that. Hey, all of our beef for friends out there. Why don't you tell us who's right, Jason or Bill? <laughs> I would love to hear what you guys think about this. <laughs> you know it's going to be you. So That's what, fine. what you think about the segment, though? I mean, besides that, what do you think about the content of Finn's promo? Uh, actually. The funny part about the whole thing is I like Seth's retort. It was like, if you're going to be this little whiny-ass bitch, you have no chance. I want the guy that I faced at Royal Rumble that end up losing, I end up losing to. If you come like that, now we got a chance. And that's what made it back to being dude, interesting again. Dude, what if Damian Priest wins Money in the Bank? Finn beats Seth, and then Damian Priest immediately cashes in on Finn. Don't that do it! Night. Not that damn night shit. I know, but that would be badass though. If you did it, I wouldn't. I would. Yes, I'm not gonna. You come wouldn't over hate here and be it. Mad. No, hell no. no. You it's wouldn't just hate like, it. <laughs> You'd be like, fuck? well, that sucks. I wish Money in the Bank was around a little bit longer. But yeah, I like the chase. But, I like the L.A. Knight hovering over actually, you at all times. That is an. That is what they should do. That is an angle. Then all of a sudden you have the Usos and Judgment Day both having these huge, well-written angles. They've kind of been setting it up. I'm, I might be calling that right now. Look, mark it down. Uh, what? You calling your shot? No. Okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll just say this: I'm not going to be mad if that happens. For me, LA Knight just feels like the guy that would be the most entertaining if you wanted to take it and prolong it. If you wanted to cash in right away, it's no. probably Damian Priest. LA Knight's going to be really close to winning it. Lights are going to go out. Lights are going to come back in. It's The Fiend. The Fiend's going to knock over the ladder, and then you got LA Knight versus The Fiend at SummerSlam. Oh, my God. Give me the pencil. Will somebody give me the pencil? I just booked The Fiend into something that I want to see. That's almost impossible. Let's get to that two count. I, I have no words. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Why? Okay, so I pick one out. Oh, well, you didn't watch NXT. T, so I'll, let's do okay. NXT now. I'll do NXT. Okay, so NXT starts off uh, with a six man, kind of a pointless six man, but Wesley, Mustafa Ali, and Tyler Bate go over. So this is all leading to the angle where it's going to be. Next, the next two weeks is an NXT event called Gold Rush. Right. And uh, Wesley and Tyler Bate are going to fight for the North American Championship, and Mustafa Ali is going to be the guest referee. Okay, stop the tape. Because the referee fucked up in their match and almost cost them the match. Okay. It was a story from the match. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm just... It I was well done. No, I'm... At least it's a fucking story, man. Uh, can, can I fucking ask a goddamn question, please? Jesus Christ. So I get the fact that... Absolute Ma fucking bullshit. Unprofessional bullshit. You know, every now and then. So, Ali, and I've been, like I said, I've been kind of 
overlooking. I haven't actually watched. So Ali, is he the heel coming in? No, they're all baby faces. They're all baby faces. Yeah. So this is where, I, okay, this is where Ali probably flips, cost somebody a title, Wesley maybe. I don't know. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, they're all baby faces. Okay. And it was, right. like, it was like a gentleman's agreement. Yeah, but I was going to say there was the – I saw a promo where it was like, you know, Wesley and Mustafa were kind of digging on each other. I guess babyface well, style, this, but this, this backstage segment was them talking about the match afterwards, and they were happy that they won everything. And Mustafa Ali said maybe Tyler Bate should face you because you guys both fought so good out there. But the referee kind of fucked up. So how about I be the special guest referee? And they all shook hands. It was like a gentleman's agreement. It was like Wesley and Tyler Bate were both like, "Hey, may the best man win" type shit. Yeah, somebody get ready to get fucked. But you also know Wesley versus Tyler Bate has the ability to. Absolutely rule. For sure. Tyler Bate, we've always talked about him. He's him and Walter when he was known as Walter. Um, Match of the year. Yeah, that's going to say, I, I can easily see that one getting good. I mean, if I, did my top, down the line. if I did my top ten matches since we started this podcast, actually, that would be a fun episode on a slow week. Oof. Top ten matches. When do you see a slow week coming? <laughs> I don't know. Well, the you know, they're, they're at another two hours with, with the CM Punk. Yeah, we could do a Patreon well, episode. See, I like I like where your head's at. But Walter Walter Tyler Bate would be Walter Tyler Bate would be top five matches since we started the podcast. Wow. Okay. Continue. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with that. I mean, there's no Kado Omega in there, right? That's know? what I'm going to say. It's it's a lot of. Uh, you know what match I always come back to is that Tai Chi Ibushi match where all they did was kick each do. other. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I love that match. I think about it all the time. Anyway, uh, so uh, they recap the Braun Breaker Seth Rollins thing. Uh, Noam Dar didn't want to defend his Heritage Cup, so he let Ora Mensa f- uh, defend it for him. Nathan Frazier ended up going over. Nathan Frazier won it. I have watched. Oh, hell no. Okay, so, <laughs> so I was having a debate with this guy talking about Bandito and Dragon Lee, and he was saying that if Drag- or Bandito was in NXT, he would be doing so much more than he would be in AEW. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Dragon um, Lee is is basically kind of the same this is guy. Is a conversation you're having in person with somebody? No, no, no. It was on oh, oh, via Twitter. Okay. No, hell no. I was about to say, this is deep, deep shit. Like, who is this person? Yeah, yeah I was about to say, bring him on the pod. Um, he was talking about how Bandito would be better if he was in NXT. And I was like, well, Dragon Lee is in NXT. They're, base, they're both Lucha Libre guys. So, I mean, it's basically, you know, the same style. Obviously, Bandito way stronger, yada, yada, yada. But... Dragon Lee hasn't come over and torn the house I mean, down in NXT. Close. Bandito is getting prime time AEW Dynamite matches and getting to do his thing a lot, like a lot. Like it's not even close. He's better off in AEW. He's going to make more. He, listen, he's going to be able to tour the independents and make more money being on AEW television than he would be on NXT television. Look. I, I try right? to get, no. I I totally agree with you, and that's why I was just like, I don't. I think you're just one of those that doesn't like AEW. If that's the case, let's just say that, and we can all move on. Versus you, you know, us having this quote unquote debate where you know I'm just banging my head into the wall. But neither here nor there. Go ahead. So I'm going to skip to the highlights, but we did have Scripps, the artist formerly known as Reggie, <laughs> and Axiom in a. It was like a. I guess it was a handicap match versus Dabakato. But anyway, they beat him probably. And, and then Los Lotharios come out. And okay, stop the tape. So Dabakato lost. 
Yeah, description axiom. Wow. Uh, then Los Lotharios come out. But that's a weird thing. Like, it feels like it was a uh, handicap match, but why would you have the baby faces be a handicap match and then have them go over? It doesn't make any sense. At all. Anyway. Um, Especially with a big-ass dude like that. Los Lotharios comes out. Okay. Which is cool because Umberto Carrillo and Angel Garza can fucking go. They just, cool. There's just nothing for them on the main roster right, right. now. Right, so it's cool that they're on NXT now. So then uh, Malik Blade and Idris Anofe have a match later on where they get talked into having a gentleman's match because they like each other. And because, I kind of saw this because on uh, Twitter. But Briggs, and, Briggs and Jensen or whatever the fuck their names are. Mm-hmm. I, is it Briggs and Jensen? Mm-hmm. They talked him into it. So then... Brooks and Jensen going to beat that motherfucker's ass. No, so then Booker T comes out and announces a triple threat match for uh, the belts at at Gold Rush. So it's Blade and Nove versus Briggs and Jensen versus Tank and Hank. I know who Hank is. He was like the old security guy. I don't know who Tank is. Versus, And then Booker T's like triple threat match. And Los Lotharios are up in the balcony, and they're like, wait a minute, what the fuck about us? So now Los Lotharios are in that match. So it's a fatal four-way, and the winner gets a tag title match? Yep. Okay, that's what I was getting ready to say. None of those guys are the titles. <laughs> I think oh, I Oh, did know. I say for the title? No, no. I was, oh. Just in my head, you were running down the names of like, I don't think that's the champs. I don't anyway, think that's the champs. Could be a fun match. Los Lotharios versus Malik Blade and Idris Anofe. Having those four guys in the ring together could be pretty fun. Uh, and then finally, the last, the the main event was to see who fights for the belt versus Carmelo Hayes at Gold Rush was Baron Corbin versus Ilya Dragunov. And Baron Corbin wins because Braun Breaker spoils it for Dragunov. And so it's Baron Corbin versus Carmelo Hayes at Gold Rush for the belt. Well, Steve Patterson, you are welcome. I kind of gave you that one ahead of time. Um, I don't have a problem with this. Is this if this is going to be a way, and this is my biggest two things. Number one, I guess I feel like I got to start watching NXT a little more starting next week because obviously I can't miss uh, Seth Rollins and uh, Braun Breaker if, if I do, that I just couldn't be. Yeah, if it was called like we- if it was called like Warzone Wrestling and was out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you would know every single dude in it, and you would know every single storyline. Dude, we've had this conversation, okay? Don't, yeah, I know, don't, but okay. I know that I'm right, and I'm, no, I'm, you're, I'm you're, doubling you're, down. You're really I'm tripling not. down. You're really not, okay? <laughs> okay, here's the problem I'm with this. Dribbling down, and I said it then. MLW Fusion is something that I like to watch, and Quintuple. I enjoy to watch. It. Okay, quintupling look, down. Look, look. And I've stopped watching that. So in that scenario, you can be, you know, say this and say that and, you know, double down on the fact that, you know, I watch obscure shit. You but watch I, instead New Japan reruns? Look, look, if I told you, if I told you, like I said at that point, if backdoor wrestling was like the greatest thing that I've ever seen in my life, you wouldn't give a fuck about it either. So let me watch what I watch and you can watch what you watch. My uh, point of was, course, of okay, course. my point was, is that <laughs> if they're going to have main roster guys come in and be more of the NXT product, now it, it, it makes it more more just, interesting to watch when they first did it. <laughs> no, 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 motherfucker. I, I, it's, it's my time, okay? I'm going to take it back my time. When they first rebranded this nonsense, this was going to be all developmental. And if at that point, and that's when I looked at you, and you were like, oh, you don't want to watch? You don't want to watch? I was like, no, I don't want to watch developmental. <laughs> I can watch AEW Dark if you want to do that. I can watch AEW Dark Elevation if you want to do that. I don't want to watch that. I want to watch these other things. Now, if you're going to 
do a little blending of some shit, now we made some shit interesting. You, I said it last week. Mustafa Ali, much more interesting than he was at any point on sorry. the main roster. I am sorry that's taking me. Th- I'm, t- I'm sorry it's taking me this long to do this. <laughs> He's heating up. At any, you know, I needed a breath. At any given point on the main roster, he looks way more interesting on NXT than at He's any given point. Up. Starting styles of the main roster. Now, like I said, I now I got to at least watch the episode of next week's NXT because are, now you got the chance to reel me in if you really want to. Are you trying to say to me, hey, Bill? Grow the fuck up! No, I'm saying, hey, Bill, I was wrong. I oh. might have to start watching a little more NXT. That was That's really nice. That's a really nice ending. I like that. Um, Carmelo Hayes and Braun Breaker. So it ends with Braun Breaker. Or maybe this wasn't the ending. But anyway, Seth Rollins accepts Braun Breaker's challenge. Seth Rollins will be on NXT this Tuesday to face Braun Breaker in a match for the World Heavyweight Championship. Not the NXT Championship. It is the World Heavyweight Championship is being defended on NXT next week. What do you think is going to happen here? you think it's going to be a clean victory? Do you think there's going to be some shenanigans? I'm not saying that Braun Breaker is going to win, but who do you think gets involved? Do you think Dragunov gets yes, involved? I think that's the receipt. Braun Breaker was like, basically, Braun Breaker was like, you know, you think you're unbreakable. I can break you, yada, yada, yada. He interferes with the Baron Corbin match, costs Dragunov the, the, title, the title shot. No problem with uh, Corbin and uh, Carmelo Hayes going against each other. Baron Baron Corbin is good in the ring. Go ahead. Well, thank you. Yes, Um, because I agree. But do you think that Finn Balor might get involved? Do you think Finn Balor could show up, almost cost it for Seth Rollins, or cause some kind of DQ so that Braun Breaker doesn't even lose? So then Finn Balor comes out, ruins it. Braun Breaker and Finn Balor start beating down Rollins, and then Dragunov comes okay, out uh, to make the all save. Right, all right. God, God damn, motherfucker, I motherfucker. am fucking okay, booking look, look, tonight. Slow down. I was am getting ready to say. Booking? <laughs> I'm going to watch next week. Just slow down. <laughs> My wrist is going. You just got to put a pencil in it. <laughs> I say, God damn. I say, look, motherfucker. Give me I'm, the pencil. The hook is in. You're dragging me way too hard on the shore. This is going to rip through the gills if you keep pulling it in this hard. Is it a possibility? Oh, yes. Now, more and more, especially after the way Raw has kind of ended, you can easily see Finn go over. I think they just keep it simple, keep get Dragunov involved, cost Braun Breaker the match. Finn can come in afterwards and beat down the remains of what Seth Rollins is. This is going ultimately. This is going to be a match that is a barometer of where. Braun Breaker is. This has nothing to do with Seth. They are bringing Seth into Braun's house, quote-unquote. I am very much looking forward to what Seth Rollins and Braun Breaker do in the rig for six or seven minutes, though. Absolutely. It's not going to be... It, no, this is going to be longer than that. I, 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 You know, probably, but I'm saying, and I've said it before, and I used to say it reluctantly, Braun Breaker is a natural. He is. And they have really put him in the position to succeed with main event after main event after main event with a bunch of different types of dudes. But this, can we not agree, this is the ultimate litmus test. Oh, absolutely. You know, he, him and Carmelo had some pretty good matches, and him and, uh, fuck, who was it before? I mean, I watch more NXT than 
than you or Zach. So I've I've seen a lot of big Braun Breaker matches, and no, he I, I, I was not going. To, I was trying. I was going to try to help you, but uh, you know I don't really watch. Um, who did he? I, I have no idea. I'm not even going to try it. If you want to Google it, great. If not, we can move on. I'll just. Well, there was Ziggler. Oh, he had a. Yeah, but, but they dropped it, then brought it back. But even still, that was Dolph Ziggler is that was like the I won't even call it a beginner's class, but training wheels. Ziggler, whatever you want to call it. Zig, yeah, but Ziggler <laughs> is very good at making you look good. Okay, perfect. That, okay, that, that's that's exactly what I wanted to go with because Dolph is a very good worker, and if you put him in the ring with basically anybody. Both sides Man. look good. Hopefully, we in this case, we forget about Ziggler. I think the f- put okay. him in the G one. No Fuck. shit, number one. That sounds fucking great, doesn't it? If you can get shit, it's thirty two people. We can see sneak Dolph Ziggler in that motherfucker. Not a problem. Whoo, that would um, be fun. When they positioned Dolph versus Braun at that point, it totally now upon retrospect, it totally makes sense. And now that that's their formula going forward, where you have. You know, um, Jinder Mahal coming back. You got uh, who else? Did we talk about um, Tyler Bate came over from Europe and all this other good shit. Dana Brooke came back. You know, Mandy Rose came back. You know, all these people have now come back. This is true too. New Day. He said New Day as well. So now, if if you're going to do this formula, this is something that it's and once again. Grayson Waller, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. And that was the other thing I wanted to talk about. I didn't even talk about, uh, he said AJ Styles versus Grayson Waller. And I didn't even necessarily, I kind of wanted to talk about that because they did a little spot on uh, SmackDown with him, uh, Grayson, him being Grayson Waller. And that kind of was like, and I saw it and I was just like, Ugh, you know, all right, you know, we need to figure this shit out with Grayson Waller. You know, it's either, you know, pull the trigger and not pull the trigger. Um, I want to see the Grayson Waller that I saw in NXT on SmackDown. I guess that's ultimately where I was going with that whole mini rant. That being said, I will, I'll say this much. If we're going to watch Collision on a weekly basis, which I'm sure we're going to do, I will make the same commitment at, moving from this point forward, no matter what, I will watch NXT Going no, forward. I mean I, that's not what I'm looking for. No, you no, know? no. That's what I said it to myself. I would. This is what I wasn't going to say it to you. It's just good. I, 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 so I, that way, I want this you. way. You don't have to be on the no, island it, it by was yourself. A grand gesture, and I appreciate it. No, you don't have to be on the island. But I appreciate there's, there's, the massive gesture that you some, just made. There's some me. talent on NXT that are, that are non-roster NXT or non-roster uh, guys, gals that. I actually like Tiffany Stratton. Obviously, I've said her before. You Braun saying Breaker. that you'll watch NXT is honestly the nicest thing that anybody's done for me. In a very long time. <laughs> Let's get to that three count. Hey, I'm here for you, baby. One, two, three. Jason, what's left? Did you watch Rampage? I did. <sighs> okay, now see, this is... There you go. Watch the entire thing. There you go. See, there you go. It wasn't as good as the week before. 
Not at all. It didn't all. have Vikingo. Not, well, <laughs> or, Zach, Zach, or Zach Sabre Jr. Or a lot of other things. But let's just break it down. Yeah, uh, broke it out. Uh, Star at the top, uh, Lucha Brothers and Bandino versus Ethan Page, Big Bill, and Lee Moriarty. Um, ultimately, this goes back to the Matt Hardy um, contract with Ethan Page where Ethan Page is now the Hardy's bitch and towards the end he had to pull up the sleeves to see the uh, the Hardy sleeves from back in the day. Bandito hits the 21 plex for the win. This was a house show uh, house show match but house show matches with Lucha Brothers and Bandito are better than most TV matches. That's all I gotta say. I'll just say this, and now I'll, and I'll, I'll. Oh, I should also say I don't care about the Hardy's angle. No, I was about to say even if I watched Rampage regularly, I know me well enough wouldn't give a fuck about this. That seemed like it was trying to pop the boys in the back with the thing with the sleeves. Yeah, you lost a bet. Roll your sleeves up. Okay, right. yeah, you, okay, you get that shit. If the Lucha Brothers weren't... Oh, sorry, Eddie Kingston. Did I get too insider there for you? Yes, you did. Sorry, Eddie Kingston. Did the voice <laughs> in the back not laugh? Am I not supposed to know that? I, got, I thought you guys were boys again. You know, we're brothers. Like, brothers fight. You ever hear of me with my brothers? We get after it. Our brother's going to hug? Me and Eddie Kingston? No. <laughs> I'm going to spit that shit out. If the Lucha Brothers weren't the ROH Tag Team Champions, I would like to see them... And Bandito as either ROH or AEW trios champions. We'll see what happens. QTV, blah, blah, blah. Powerhouse Hobbs uh, squashes some guy named Crunch. I didn't write, write his first name. KO uh, Crunch, thank you, does. It should be so easy. Um, Arn Anderson, Wargo's spot in the back, no big deal. Uh, they started talking about him being Father's Day and shit again. Like, his son just died. They are leaning into it so hard. It is, really? it, it, I'm, I'm telling you, it is okay. bizarre, man. His 37-year-old son just died. And they're telling the story about Father's Day with his living son? That is fucking weird, man. It feels like we are working through somebody's fucking fever Tony Soprano dream, and, like, we have to watch it play out. I'm sorry. It is emotionally bizarre. Probably why I'm not paying that much attention to it. <laughs> what, speaking of the, well, I would say too, not paying attention to it. I paid attention to the match. It is what it is. I got you. <laughs> Acclaimed and Billy Gunn versus uh, Spanish announced project. Acclaimed and Billy Gunn go over. Probably went over, went way too long as far as I'm concerned. They should have been squashed and moving this shit along. Um, Triple J and Karen Jarrett uh, have this segment with Aubrey Edwards and Mark Briscoe. So I guess we're going to have a mixed... Jesus Christ. Where are you at, Zach? Come on, man. You're supposed to be talking about this shit. You know I want to talk about this shit. Then skip it. Sky Blue was the number one contender. That's it. Let's let's talk about Dynamite. This Thank shit you, counts. Jesus Christ. I'll Good. save you. Okay. No, I, I, you know me. I just... Ugh, ugh. You get a little Jeff, bogged down. Jeff Jarrett just makes my skin crawl. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. But a talent. Uh, so open it up with dynamite. You had. A I honestly thought that Jeff Jarrett had an egot. That's how talented I think he is. Or I think he should have an egot. Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Give them all. Give them all to Jeff Jarrett. What a talent. Oh, you want me to pause it? Well, you can talk about. Actually, talk about MJF and uh, Adam Cole. At least kick it off, and I'll, I'll be back in 30 seconds. All right. So the Dynamite starts off with Adam Cole versus MJF in what they're calling an eliminator match. So Adam Cole has to win 
this match to receive a title shot at MJF's World Heavyweight title. This has a 30-minute time limit. This was a good match. Um, it was a little slow going in parts, I'll be honest. it's uh, Sometimes you forget that 30-minute matches with uh, – they're, they're not all with Daniel Bryan. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes 30-minute matches are two guys, and one of them isn't Daniel Bryan. But, anyway, uh, the Adam Cole is getting bye ready bye. to pin MJF, and the time limit rings out. So, the 30 minutes had, surpa- had elapsed, and Adam Cole didn't win. Adam Cole grabs a microphone, tells MJF, five more minutes, MJF politely declines, <laughs> leaves the ring. What do you think about the match? What do you think about the angle? I like the fact that they didn't announce the the time limit or the time was, you know, 10 minutes left, five minutes left. Other times, you know, in New Japan, obviously I watch a ton of New Japan. They'll announce it from start to finish, no big deal. In this scenario, it caught me because as – Adam Cole was coming in to finish, quote-unquote, finish MJ off. The bell rang. I'm like, okay. My knee-jerk reaction was like. Somebody fucked up. No, I was thinking, it's fuckery. Who's saving MJF? Oh, my initial reaction was somebody messed up. Okay. so And then my next reaction was, oh, yeah, there is. There's fucking Fuck going around. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you know, move the camera around, move the camera around. So they announced, you know, the time when they expired is to draw. I like the fact that at least they just didn't give it to Adam Cole the way they've done it to other guys in other organizations. That's not – Adam Cole, to me, didn't feel like he was the number one contender until after this match. You know, the five minutes aside, you weren't going to get that. I'm Look, MJS right. Look, motherfucker, I gave you 30. You ain't getting another five to, you know, to possibly uh, cough me up the tile. No, we're not going to play that. I don't mind that. Yeah, we agreed with we kayfabe style. K-fabe we style. signed a contract to this match. We yeah. know how long the match was You're not getting to be. another five minutes against the champ. Yeah. I, I've done my not even, job. Not even particularly heelish. I do appreciate that it's an ending that I wasn't expecting mm-hmm. or that I had seen before or at least don't remember it. Well, AEW has done a really good job with the draws that they've done. They've done them at the right time, and it, they've made sense. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So this one, we... The 60-minute one was a little frustrating. But we got to... <laughs> no, the 30-minute one was a draw. The sixty There wasn't a draw in the 60-minute one, right? 30 was the draw. 60, they actually... If I'm not mistaken, that there was a Page winner. One. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think. For this scenario, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right. The 30 would have to set up the 60. It doesn't make sense otherwise. Paige Danielson, I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. But didn't didn't uh, Brian Danielson have a 30-minute against Omega? Yeah. Was that, that was a draw? draw. Yeah. All right. I, we'll talk about it later. Um, but MJF had a goal. Um, everybody thought, at least I thought, I'll speak for myself on this one, I thought Adam Cole would win, it would set up, it would give you the reason to say now you have the title match. So in this scenario, a draw is, you know, kissing the sister, quote-unquote, not the exact, the, the... It also progresses the story. Right. So now how they can, 
leverage Adam Cole back Maybe. into the, thank you how you average leverage him back into the storyline. Forbidden Doors coming up. We'll talk about that here in a second. God damn. Yeah, we will. <laughs> yeah, we will talk about it. <laughs> that motherfucker. Oh, my God, MJF's so good. But how you get Adam Cole back into the MJF storyline is the question. Well, the thing the, is. The they draw can... doesn't necessarily help his case. It, at least... MJF will always be able to say, you've never beat me. Right. And Adam Cole will always be able to say, you were a second away from getting pinned. I, not only did I get the visual pin, I got right. the actual pin, but time ran out. Right. So, it if nothing else, even if they revisit it in three months or something, then there's this story to come back to because mm. it was something meaningful that happened between them. It doesn't have to be, you know, we're smart enough to remember this three months from now and to be entertained on a Wednesday night to be, see a 30-minute match between those two people. It doesn't have to pay off the way the WWE has programmed us to for every four weeks there's a fucking pay-per-view. That's all I'm saying. No, I, I, I know. You know who would agree with me? Three beers, Zach Bowman. They planted seeds for the next match. They just did it differently than the way we expected them to do it. Yep. You know we're going to get it. It's just now how we get to that point. It's fun when you get what you want, but not what you, you expect. Yeah, My I nigga. mean that, that. I mean that's really it. That's wrestling. My nigga. <laughs> when, you get, when you get what you want, but not what you expected. Curveball, but it's still a strike nonetheless. So obviously we'll get that probably post Forbidden Door, but we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Then we get what I'd like to call CM Punk's Judge Judy vignette. Where it's like he's like facing the camera and crossing his arms. He's like, I have a lot to say. <laughs> and then like the next one is like just a close up of his face. He's like, there's stuff that I want to say. And then it cuts back again. And he's like looking over his shoulder at the balcony. He's like, there's some things I'd like to say. It's like, yeah, dude, we know you have shit to say. So, uh, so we God, fucking judge so Judy out here. So Brooks going to do a segment before collision where he can. Phil Judge Judy Brooks. <laughs> it's Phil Judge, judge Judy. Judge Judy. <laughs> judge Judy. I'll say this much. It's Phil, th- no, there's going to be an angle with the elite on Saturday night. I'm almost sure. No, that- no, 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 no. I was just because he was like, you know, I got some shit I want to say. No, he's going to cut a promo. Th- you think he cuts a promo and then has a, a match as the main event? Yes, I think he cuts a promo to open the show. It's going to be like fucking Groundhog Day from when he did it Rampage a few years ago. Right. And they're going to get the same outcome. That's what's going to happen. He's going to be around for a little long, a little while. He's going to get hurt, and then he's going to fucking cause a fuss on his way out. This is June 2023. Let's put the over under at. Well, let's let's ask this. Where do you think that CM Punk is January 1st, 2024? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you some options. Is he fired? Is okay. he hurt? Okay. Is he holding some kind of belt? Is he dead? <laughs> I'll be damn. <laughs> I ain't gonna wish that. Uh, wish that's that shit man, that's yeah. a little deep. I know? took it too far. Yeah, took it too far. Say, that was probably a step too much. Um, of the three, <laughs> of the three that you gave me, I will say that. Uh, he's holding a title. There's plenty. It's not gonna kill him. So I mean, you think he's healthy? 
I don't think you I don't think you run him around like like you do the rest of the roster. I think this time around you play him loose. You play him like a special attraction. And you you put him on that Roman Reigns schedule where you know when he needs to show up, he shows up. He's going to be hurt. That's my guess. Look, I w- it would not surprise me. The Forbidden Door match is still in question. Kenta is an Oh, is, is that the, on the table? Is is what the rumor Isn't it a match week is. from this weekend? Yeah, it's the final uh, final Sunday of the month, whatever that is. So yeah, yes, that's a week next from week. this Sunday. Okay, so <laughs> all right, so, Kenta is the rumored uh, match for CM Punk at Forbidden Door. That's some shit I want to see. From that point, man, you really want to see those two old people just slap bellies and try to do each the go to sleep with each other? I'm being so mean to them. Like I like them both. I'm gonna watch the actually, fuck out yeah. of Actually, yeah, I, I, I kind of want to see that. Well, there's there, some, there's, there's some, a little beef. Okay, so let's talk Forbidden Door here for a second because there was something that genuinely knocked me off my feet last mm. night when I saw it. Do you want to guess what it is? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll totally guess. Yeah. Sonata's open challenge. Jungle Boy answers it. Yes. What do you think about that? Because I thought the same thing. I was like, I was like, okay, that sounds great. All right. So now here's what I think. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Sonata versus Jungle Boy is a match that I would love to watch if Sonata wasn't holding the heavyweight title for New Japan right now. Like them being in a match is completely fine. Like, I, but Jungle Boy getting a title shot at the IWGP title. That is dumb. I'm not going to say it's dumb. Dumb. I'm not going to say it's dumb. What when Brett and I talked about, it, he was like, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I was like, you know, is it wrong? Do I feel like it's underwhelming? He was like, no, I don't think if you, it's wrong, but I think it's going to be a good match, and that's what I agree with. Okay. The announcement sure. itself wasn't like, oh shit. Can but I? you you had two big ass announcements, so there's going to be some things that it, that aren't going to hit you like Omega and Danielson, Oka, uh, uh, Osprey and Omega. This is going to be something that yeah. is going to fill the card, All right. and that's so, fine. So, at the risk of breaching any privacy norms uh, with our friend, my friend, and your friend Joey O'Farrell, this is what. We texted each other last night. Okay. This should be good. <laughs> okay, so uh, first of all, it was Hook and Jungle Boy on screen. And I said, oh, no, sorry. When they announced Jungle Boy versus Sonata, I said, Tiger Beat going for the IWGP. <laughs> Joey says, who's Cesaro facing? I said, who knows? He says, no one probably. I said, does New Japan have some 15-year-old little person to fight to even the odds? Wow. JV. Joey says, what's Malachi Black doing? Okay, then we go we go a little bit. I make fun of Hook a little bit more. Um, Joey says, Buddy Murphy, Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Andrade, Adam Page, Miro, CM Punk, Darby, Swerve, Orange. All people who are more qualified than Jungle Boy. Do you agree or disagree with that? Going through the list, and you went through it pretty quick. Buddy Murphy, Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Andrade, Hangman Adam Page, Miro, CM Punk. Now, this is where it gets a little tricky. Darby, but I agree with that. I think Darby's more suited. I think Darby is more ready for a belt than Jungle Boy, a big belt. Swerve, which I agree with. 
Orange Cassidy. He said, all people who are more qualified than Jungle Boy. He said, I could probably name Tim Moore. And then I said, Brody King, Takeshita, Joe, Roosh, Bandito, Penta, Phoenix. And then he said, Keith Lee. That's 18 dudes who are more <laughs> qualified than Jungle Boy to be fighting for the New Japan heavyweight belt. That's funny you said, Keith Lee. Uh, okay, but do you... But no, no. I'll, am I wrong? Am I lying? Do you agree? Do you disagree? I'll I'll say this. This is going to boil down to how you view wrestling as a whole. Do you do you look at junk, the Jungle Boys of the world as legitimate heavyweight champions? No. Okay. So then, a lot of these guys are now immediately are go, Darby Allen too. Nope. Are going to have to be pushed aside. Nope. To not do, true. How, how is it that you're going to say then why what's different between Darby Allen and Jungle Boy when they're legitimately the same size? And you said that it's not about size, it's about how seriously you can take them. At least Darby Allen can cut a promo. Jungle Boy cannot cut a promo. We're they not, did, we're they not, even, we're not even, even cutting promos at this point. We it was an open challenge, it was set, then the week the match is gonna happen next weekend. Yeah, but cutting promos makes you either big league or not big league. I look at Finn Balor like a big leaguer, A, because he fucking wrestles because he's so great in the ring, and B, because he sounds serious and he sounds believable when he cuts a promo. Add, same thing with Adam Cole. Same thing with MJF. Jungle Boy, first of all, his name is Jungle Boy. You can call him Jack Perry. It does. It's not going to change. It's too late. He's Jungle Boy. <clears throat> Go ahead. I'll let you finish. That's it. That's all I have to say. For the list, I'll say this. There's probably like four or five guys that really stand out. Keith Lee's one of the guys that I was going to jump on that I was just talking about. Because he's not serious or because he is? Because if you put Keith Lee versus Sonata, that would be a scenario where <laughs> it would, could be a, a legitimate title change. Yeah. Okay. That's all. Basically, that's where I'm going with this. I'm not, you know, you, you, we're gonna have, you can have a great match with any of those guys on that list. Yeah, I, I any agree. Any of them. I agree. But, and I, you can also have a great match with Jungle Boy. That's not what I'm saying. I think I'm, I'll say this for myself if you agree with it, great. The reason why Jungle Boy was underwhelming is because of how we've gotten to this point with Jungle Boy. Mm-hmm. Just coming off the loss, and I get it, it's an open challenge, so anybody can answer it but like joe you're you and joey's you know tete-a-tete where you have these 18 guys some of the guys like orange cassidy feels like they're going to do something else zach saber jr feels like they're going to do something else other guys say malachi black other guys feel like they have nothing (laughs) else to do i get what they're doing maybe this is probably going to be jungle boys heel turn on hook down the line but to answer the question, there's probably four or five guys on that list that probably should be there before Jungle Boy. Keith Lee is the one that really jumps out, but booking and him not being healthy really hurts him. It Ultimately, it doesn't matter. I think we can agree that Sonata is going to beat whomever it would be. Sure. That's why I'm not even worried about what would be a legitimate title change. Like you said, Keith Lee would be a legitimate title change. That would Miro be f- would be Miro would be like, oh shit. Jungle Boy, my knee jerk reaction was like, uh. 
I mean, most of them would be fun. I get I it's going know. to be a good match, but yeah, I, the I knee mean, jerk Jungle reaction was bad. One, dude, I, of course it's going to be. Are a you good kidding match. me, man? They'll kill that boy. They'll kill him. They would kill him. Who would? Oh, so this is your heavyweight champion, Jungle Boy, and you're afraid that Ishii's going to kill him? Yep. I'm not afraid of that. <laughs> you want to see it? <laughs> just say it. Just say that. And just I, li- I like Jungle Boy. I like him. <laughs> Let's just say that and move along. I've been a fan of his since we started. Since he came on the scene. Uh, okay. Making that face. <laughs> I'm just saying, Mogul Embassy versus. <laughs> Look, I'm just calling it the way I see it. Uh, Darby Allen, Sting, uh, Orange Cassidy, and, and the aforementioned Keith Lee. Um. Yeah, they, they, the baby faces go over, but I mean, ultimately, I just this is why I have a problem with AEW. There's a lot of talent in this ring, but there's what really was developed here. What was gained out of this? Orange Cassidy is way to fuck over. Keith Lee was probably the guy that needed the pin and didn't get it. Mm. Sting, Darby, check, check. Mogul Embassy, the, can you name the guys? I, You okay. know, it'd be 50-50. You, so you, you caught me on gunpoint if I can name them. You got to skip something here. We're saying McVera came out to cut a promo, and then Darby Allen came to talk to him. Yeah, I did skip that. Go Y2J ahead. came out, and then Sting came out. And then Tony Schiavone said that's the first time that Y2J and Sting have ever stood in a ring like that together. I would venture to say. There is. That's. The, that's the, it, it, it almost kind of Probably feels pretty close right. to being true. Yeah. It almost kind of feels right. Um, so, uh, yeah, Sting Jericho. How the Jericho? fuck did that happen? Joey is probably the guy to ask about this. He loves him some WCW. Has, has Sting had a singles match in AEW? Doesn't feel like he has. I want to say no. Feels like it's been a lot of tag matches, tag matches multi-man matches, whatever yeah. the case may be. I guess they they, are you, are, uh, they use him perfectly, man. Well, you should. He's freaking sixty three. No, I know, but like WWE would try him out there every single week. He'd be cutting promos. He's just Sting. He just goes out there. He kind of stands around. He's Sting, and he's not there all the time. In fact, he was like refreshingly no, 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 not no, no, there no. during the Four Pillars. This I'll, I'll disagree. Uh, okay, I agree with that. I'll disagree with the fact that WWE would use him differently. They used him the wrong way the first time around. I'm just saying somebody like him. He's a special Legends. attraction. Okay, AEW, they would use him as such. AEW uses their quote-unquote legends pretty well. I can agree with that. Billy Gunn, Sting, Agreed. Arn, you know, uh, I don't know, Don Callis. <laughs> Is he a legend? No, I, well, I guess in a legend in our minds. I mean, yeah, shit. He he's, fucking cracks me up. He should be on every single week. Uh, then the the guns cut a promo. I'm not really sure what was going on there. I don't think I was paying attention. Very uh, much. Basically, did point downplaying the fact that there is any um, connection between them and Bullet Club Gold. That's where I'm getting with that. They're challenging the Hardys for next week. So they're saying that them and Bullet Club Gold get along? No, no. There's there's nothing to see here. Move along. That's what the guns said. Yes. Okay. Uh, then we have Tanahashi making his. Challenge to MJF, and, you know, for every time that I try to tell you marks out there, you can't get mad about championships. They don't mean anything. They're just a prop. You know, stop taking this shit so seriously. <laughs> I got to say, when 
MJF called New Japan a an indie <laughs> fed. I was an, like, an indie fed. This motherfucker. Yeah, it 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 got my blood boiling a little bit. I was like, your you boy was like, you know what? I'm gonna have to say no. I just, <laughs> I, I, I gotta be honest. I can't lie on the podcast. I saw that and I was like, that motherfucker just called New Japan an indie fed. What have you no, done? It's not even that. What have you done? It's not even that. He was like, I was so I'm mad. Like, no, I'm, the champ's going to have to take a pass on that. I'm not going to uh, wrestle a mid-card talent in some indie fan. Like, I was bro, like, what the fuck Yoshitatsu could wrestle fucking. <laughs> it's like the gif where you see all the fi- all you see is the fist at the bottom. I'm just like, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. Tori Yanu could fight a match like he's the big show. Why? Fuck Tori. You know, do you Fuck know Yano how, first and foremost. Do you know how damn, talented man. these people are? <laughs> I know. Knee-jerk reaction? It got you, didn't it? Yes. Of course it did <laughs> it because I am a fucking New Japan mark. So and you I, said dude. the two things that you ain't say, indie fed and you disrespect Tanahashi. I'm like, Tanahashi, you need to bitch your You know, every fucking forbidden door. You know, when I'm at work and I got wrestling playing in the background, I got my little notepad next to me. Like, this week was so easy because I, I watched SmackDown Saturday when I was here with the baby, and then I watched, like, I just... I didn't spend that much time watching it. It's like I didn't feel like I really was doing any work. I didn't watch any wrestling today, you know, which <laughs> is pretty, yeah, pretty, rare, pretty rare. Yeah, it's pretty rare for a podcast day because I like to ramp up to it, you know. No, I agree. I was, I was very proud of myself. I got to take a nap. But um, when there's no New Japan, because I know that all against all odds or whatever it was called had happened this week, and I read the results. It's like I'm not watching that. That's did you watch it? Yeah, it was actually. Uh, <laughs> you watched the whole thing? <laughs> yeah, of course. Duh. <laughs> Have you met me? <laughs> it was all multi-man matches, though. No, I was going to say. Uh, there was no Chris, one-on-ones. No, Chris Saban and uh, Trey Miguel, too, was a, um, obviously the, um, was for the X Division Championship. Alex like, Shelley. Like, every, and, every time I'm like, dude, I like New Japan just as much as you do. Remind me of this conversation. Alex Shelley and uh, <laughs> uh, Steve Macklin was the main event. Yeah. Alex Shelley wins. That was kind of a surprise yeah, to did, me, but I, yeah. neither here nor there. I wasn't asking for a recap. I, 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 really. I made it no, quick, motherfucker. Damn. I, I made it quick. Um, so Tanahashi challenges MJF. MJF doesn't take it. <laughs> MJF does not take the bait. Uh, he's not facing Tanahashi, which means he's facing Tanahashi. Um <laughs> Then we got Sky Blue loses to Tony Storm. Not much to write about there. Then we have the Tiger Beat Boys, Hook and Jungle Boy. And I'm telling you, man, Hook. (laughs) They are the Tiger Beat Boys moving forward. They are no longer Jungle Hook on this podcast. They are officially the Tiger Beat Boys. Boys. I called him that like six six weeks ago, or, or maybe I, I, even longer than okay, that. Okay, maybe I missed that one, yeah. but that's just comedy. The Tiger Beat Boys. <laughs> dude, Hook is so, like, hunky to, like, 16-year-old girls, dude. He, I mean, he, he does not strike fear in the heart of anybody. He can't. He, they look like children standing next to Renee Paquette. <laughs> like, literal children. Or they make her look probably... Her age, which is probably like five years younger than me. Oh, I'm dead right now. You, you don't want to talk about Jake Hager and Wargo? Oh, did we skip past? The... Oh, you know what? I didn't write that down. Yes, I, I watched that match. I thought it was I thought it was fun. I love Jake Hager. Dude. I know you do. I just wanted you to make you know get your Jake Hager uh, fandom uh, in. I'm a swagger mark. There is no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, and then we had the main event, which 
when it came on, I guess I wasn't really thinking about what it was, and I was like, holy shit, this is a huge main event. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> it ended up being a huge main event. It was the Blackpool Combat Club, minus Brian Danielson, who was sitting in on commentary, versus the Hung Bucks, which is the Elite without Kenny Omega. You're welcome, uh, Three Beer. So, um, I was thinking about Three Beer. It's funny that you say that right now, because I was thinking about Three Beer during this match, and I was thinking about you know, his claim that the Young Bucks are the best tag team of all time. I think it's probably... I think, Here we go. Let me get a cigarette going. I think they're in the conversation. Here's the thing that... I'm not disagreeing with that. No, I, I'm not saying that you're disagreeing. Here's the thing, though. When anybody fights in a match with the Young Bucks, they fight a Young Bucks match. I don't know if that's a positive or a negative or a neutral. Would they be able to fight some other team's match? Would they be able to fight the Dudley boys, like, in their heyday, who were a little bit slower moving and way more interested in big spots? Because every time they have a match, and this, what I'm about to say, is good. You can't take your eyes off it. It it looks like the most choreographed thing that you'll ever see in your life. And it is fun to watch. I mean, super kick after super kick, just everybody flowing in and out of it. It It's like... it's like when you practice in baseball to do a rundown and everybody just keeps getting behind the next guy, right. get behind the next guy. Right. That's the way they seem to wrestle their matches, and it's just nonstop fun. Then there is the, I guess, why people don't like the Young Bucks or you like the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks are like Calamari. Either you like them or you don't. There's no, uh, no, it's here's the line. Yeah, and but people, more people like, like them, them than don't, though, right? I, I'll let you tell it. Nah, I don't okay. know. You're in the... Now, You're the deepest, darkest depths of Twitter. <laughs> it feels like the last couple of days. Um, their style, like you said, is choreographed. And for me, there's nothing wrong with that. It looks good. It's supposed to be entertaining. To me, that's the end game. The, I want to be entertained. So if you can do some shit where, and it's no different than what they did in WWE where you had Stone Cold, you know, Rock Bottom Rock, Triple H, Pedigree, Stone Cold, Undertaker, Choke Slams, Triple H. Same concept, but it's just bigger guys, and they feel it feels like a bigger thing. This was no different. No different. The guys are just smaller, but it still has my same attention. That's why I would, I would never disrespect the Young Bucks and say they're not a great tag team. I just can't say they're the greatest tag team. In this case, I'm going to be a sizist. I'm, I've always stayed with the, the World Warriors, and I'm going to stick to that. Oh, a sizist, huh? Oh, the Lollipop Guild, huh? I yeah, thought, I'm, I thought, I'm sorry, are you speaking for the Lollipop Guild? I th- no, I thought only <laughs> Bill hated I thought that anybody that said that guys were too small to fight, or guys were too small to be... Major league, big league. I thought that that I was being body shaming. I thought I was body shaming these guys. Well, you are, but let's not misunderstand. I, I at least own mine. So you're body shaming them too? Uh, let's let's put it. I've always said it. And I'm, I've Absolute never. Absolute fucking I, I, bullshit. Look, look, I said it even before this drop was even thought about. If you put the Bucks and the Road Warriors in the same ring at the same time, I bet they ain't even that much bigger. Yeah, okay. You can tell it how you want to tell it. I bet they ain't. Here's my point. Bucks are great. 
Can you tell the Road Warriors apart? I think I could kick you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fuck no, dude. The Bucks are great. But to me, it's fundamental how you, what do you like in wrestling? Do you want the choreographed shit or do you want something that is much more of a, we, we play it how it kind of feels itself out and well, you go from there. But what if you're like me and you like it all, just as long as it's done well, just like you, just like probably most people that are listening to this podcast? Well, we're the reasonable gray area. The best part, the the best place to be is in the gray. Being extreme is probably you don't see the whole I was, picture of shit. You know, I'm not trying to act like I was being discriminated against or anything, but I feel like <laughs> of course when, not. <laughs> I feel like when I started talking about the four pillars not being serious, I feel like I was kind of looked upon as, uh, you know, like prejudicial against these people. I'm not going to say you were prejudicial, but I'll I'll say this as a guy that. That really likes AEW, and I'm assuming that would want to see them succeed. One of those four guys that were in that ring at that time are are probably going to be AEW champion. I'm not going to say you know MJF obviously is going to be that uh, AEW or is the AEW champion. From that point, Darby. Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, one of those three are going to be an AEW champion somewhere down the line. The fact that you were running down future AEW champions to me was the funny part. And the fact that you doubled down on it on multiple occasions, calling them the Lollipop Guild, that reminds me of of uh, Undisputed Era. So, I mean, yeah. Like I said, for you me in this fan. scenario, look. Uh, lollipop Guild. There you go. <laughs> Can't even help yourself. <laughs> for me, I'll, I'll at least own mine. Yeah. In that scenario, Rowers v. Young Bucks, Young Bucks might get that work. All right. And then we had we had some a bunch of fuckery, but most importantly, we had Will Ospreay come out and give uh Kenny Omega two hidden blades, one as the show goes off the air. Son of a bitch. I popped. I popped when Osprey showed up. I was like, ah, I should have been expecting that. Were you expecting it? They went to the hard cam where Kenny Omega was getting ready to do either the V-trigger or jump over the top, and yeah. I was like, okay, what's up? Why are they doing it so far? Yeah, that's a very seasoned uh, <laughs> like, What's getting ready to happen? Seasoned move by you. Yeah, I'm like, mother... Of course, I didn't think Will Ospreay was going to show up, and that's, you know... It seems like something we should have seen coming. Yeah, I mean... New Japan doesn't have really anything going on where you need Will Ospreay to be I there. Love, I love seeing it, though, because Will Ospreay is big league, dude. Now, we talk about big league. That's big league shit. It, was, it makes total sense. Fucking, it, you think about him against – you think about him standing next to Jungle Boy and tell me who is more major league. Get the fuck like well, people defending the Jungle Boy Sonata thing. Nobody thought really, that Will like, Ospreay start, ten just, years ago just start would watching be young in this Sheldon spot right now. We don't, we don't need you watching wrestling if you think that. Just go watch go watch a Big Bang Theory, guys. Okay, so th- go watch th- Two and a Half Men. That, that that spot where you see Ricochet and uh, Will Ospreay doing the flips and all that other yeah. shit. Nobody would have thought that Will Ospreay would be in this spot right now. And if you did, yeah. God bless you for it. But this is the spot Some that he's do, in right most now. Most don't. Yeah, I'm not saying Jungle Boy can't be Major League down the line. He's not Major League right now. His name's Jungle Boy. He used to wrestle with a fucking dinosaur. 
Look, man. What are we talking about? Look, man. Will Ospreay. What? There are main, exactly, ev- there are main event gimmicks, right and there now. are not main event gimmicks. I, That's look, a not main event gimmick. His name is Jungle Boy. Disagree with that. He needs a all heel turn or something. I guess kind of all I wanted you to say was there is hope for Jungle Boy. Yeah, of course there's hope a, for Jungle Boy, but let's not put him there before he's ready for it. I don't think they have. I think him fighting for the New Japan World Heavyweight it's Championship not, it's, is it's putting underwhelming. Them in. But the match should be no, good. It's underwhelming for us as fans. It is thinking way too much about him as a wrestler. I think this all leads to a heel turn, and it's not about they couldn't the turn match him, itself. They couldn't turn him heel without him fighting for the New Japan Championship yeah. at Forbidden Door. Don't you think it defines the New Japan World Heavyweight Championship uh, a little bit? Don't you think it defines it down a little bit by having it defended against fucking Jungle Boy? What does that say to the American casual fan who doesn't really watch New Japan and thinks that it's something? And then they're bringing over fucking Sonata, and he's fighting Jungle Boy for it? Not that every makes, ma- not every dude, match is going to be a home sorry, run dude. match. No, that makes look, it seem look, like look, the look, MLW look, belt. Look, look, it's the oh, New Japan belt. Whoa. It, oh, is, the, the it is the New oh, Japan I'm, Heavyweight I'm, Championship belt. It's not fucking – no offense – it is not some local fucking promotion. You can't it's, say no offense, and then just, <laughs> you know what you're gonna say after that is gonna be offensive. Yeah, but the, I'm talking about local. I'm talking about local promotions. MLW is not a local promotion. To you, to you, it might as well should be. But it's a, it's a, it's not a huge. Who's the world much. champion of uh, MLW right I now? I don't know. Okay, that's my point. No, the, the, Cardona. The, the fact is that, it Matt Cardona? No, the fact that you, Who is it? the fact that you think that. I'll get to it, motherfucker. The fact that you think <laughs> that Jungle Boy shouldn't even be in this position, and I'll be the first to admit it. I think it's underwhelming, but it it's a long-term storyline, and you're not seeing this. Jungle Boy said he was going to be wearing singles gold at some point, and the fact that now he's not doing it is going to piss him Why off. Are they he's using- going to flip on hook, and that's going to be the heel turn. Okay. This is just a part of the Jungle Boy story. Fine. Let him take Let me- the L for Sonata no, no, and build Sonata up a smidge this. because it gives him, a, a, I said a smidge, a smidge. Build him up. It gives beat. him a world championship title defense. It's three instead of two, four instead of five. It builds him up. Can I ask you something? Please. And, like, I'm not, I'm really not trying to, I, I, I actually don't disagree with you all that much, but let me ask you this, okay? Why do they have to use Sonata and the New Japan Heavyweight Championship belt to tell Jungle Boy's fucking story? Why? I just, I, I mean, listen, you said that there's five guys in that thing of 18. That's fine. But you have to admit that more than five guys would make more sense as a challenger than Jungle Boy. I thought that records counted for something. I thought No, nah, we they talk- threw that shit away, so let's just get away from okay, that. Okay, that's fine. Do you want, like, I, I can't believe that New Japan, agree, I really can't believe that New Japan agreed to it. I think that is so silly. I, I don't think they, that they why, why wouldn't to, you? Their champion is going to go over. Yeah, but it defines their championship No, down. it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It is going to be the most, nobody will hit, hold on a second, hold on a second. No single time before have as many American eyes going to be looking at Sonata for the first time ever, Right. Nobody knows who Sonata is except for guys like us, guys that watch the G1. And now Sonata's a championship, and the first time they're seeing him, he's defending his promotion's heavyweight belt against Jungle Boy? 
and he'll what go, are and he'll we go do, over. But what are we doing? And he'll go over. It is They'll not both a major good. It's not a major league match, though. You it's know, not it's going, not. Not all these fucking. Oh, not all of these matches are going no, to be the, major league matches. Yeah, but the one, they're not all going to be home runs. So but, some of these matches are going to be bathroom break the, matches or merch size matches. Do what you, you got to do at yourself. this point. No, there's you know as well as you I do. Hear you know as well as I do. I was at the first Forbidden Door. I should know oh, there were matches that oh, I just didn't is. give a fuck about. And you can't. You're going to tell me that out of right. ten matches, you're going to be invested in all ten. No. In all ten. Can I ask you this though? In all ten. No, answer my question first. No, I'm not going to be invested in all ten. Okay, now Should, you can answer mine. Okay. Shouldn't the one for the IWGP Championship belt be one of the ones that you're invested in? I'm sorry. The last time I checked, Moxley and Tanahashi was last year's match. We knew who was going to win that. It would end up being a good ass match. It's still the same. Yes. It, to me, it's still the same hey. thing. Moxley goes over, Sonata goes over. That's the bigger deal. You're making the opponent way bigger than a bigger pitcher. Number one, Jungle Boy turns heel. Number two, Sonata gets built up. I don't see what the problem is. If the match turns out to be horseshit, then let's talk. You know, well said. Um, I still disagree with you wholeheartedly. Look, you wanted to disagree. But we can move on. Hey, loyal BFR listener, why don't you tell us who you agree with? Dial one 800 say, Don't make me choke on this shit. All right, that's going to do it for our three count. One, two, three. All right, so there's just uh, any, any odds and ends that you want to talk about that we missed? No, I think we covered <laughs> I say I totally think we covered it. Obviously, Forbidden Door next week, Money in the Bank next week, big weekend of wrestling. Ooh, Can't Money wait. in the Bank's next week, too? I'm pretty sure that's the Saturday before Sunday. It's going to be 2 o'clock our time or well, 1 or 2 o'clock our then time. Then we will save our predictions for next week because yeah. I, you know, it could change. I just know that I somebody's going to get. Added. I don't think Ricochet has as a chance. That's all I'll say. I'm not disagree with you, but I'm, I'm just. Si- I think I agree with the fact that somebody else is going to be added or subtracted, whatever the case may be. Give me one of those, poor favor. Um, then keep it. Um, at some point, I think that this is not going to be the end of this card. Maybe Bianca gets added to Charlotte, uh, Oscar, and uh, Bianca, Charlotte, Oscar is a triple threat. Now, go ahead. Is the triple threat adds money in the bank? I don't think so. I'll just say this. Toronto and London have, I want you to say pressure on them, but for me, I have expectations from them. I expect both crowds to be hot, invested, and add to matches as I watch. But please don't disrespect any of the wrestlers by cheering too loud or singing songs too loud. Shut the fuck up um, when Finn Bauer's trying to speak. All right, so I know you didn't listen to it, but I, I do want to talk about it. Uh, and I know no, I, 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 I'm, I'm I curious. It, I sent it to you late in the day, which is... No, it's it's all good. Don't worry about it. I was about to say I was curious to what, it, what was said. Please. Well, Bischoff was on Ariel Hawani. On the basketball show, because I guess the first half of it was about Dennis Rodman, which is just very strange to me. But anyway, I saw it going. No, Bischoff, Rodman, obviously, NWO ties, but go ahead. But uh, I was interested in it because I saw, uh, like, a they pulled out 10 seconds on Twitter or whatever, and it was him saying that Tony Khan just wants to be Booker of the Year. 
That's all he cares about is being book of the year. Doesn't care about making money. Called it a hobby. Called AEW a big hobby for him. Um, but before he started going at Tony Khan, and he kind of couched it in language that was very complimentary of Tony Khan. Tony Khan's a great guy. I've met him several times. I think that he has a good heart, uh, which ultimately is, might be the most condescending you could, thing you could say about somebody. But I just want to say that when Eric Bischoff says something, when he says that Tony Khan has all the money in the world, and that's usually a good thing, but ultimately this is just a hobby, he says Tony Khan wants to be considered the biggest the, the best booker in the world. He wants to win the Dave Meltzer Award for best for booker of the year. And then he said, that's like me saying I want to be heart surgeon of the year. That's when I was like, wait, Whoa. what? Was like, Hold on a second. <laughs> that that, that analogy doesn't make sense. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> well, because he says that Tony Khan is a kid playing with his toys and he's not actually a booker, which I think is well, maybe well, the most insulting it, okay. thing that he could have said. Where he, is, is Eric uh, Bischoff ever done like you know medical of anything i mean that's that's all i'm talking about no it was no it was completely disrespectful it was like the it's like a very mean thing to say about okay that's that's i'm not disagreeing saying that i mean he basically said that tony khan i could be a heart surgeon if i wanted to be no he was saying that tony khan didn't belong in the club of actual wrestling bookers like him and you know, geniuses like fucking Vince fucking Russo and him. I'll tell you what, those <laughs> those motherfuckers, all those guys did. And this really chapped my nads because, like, the way that he was talking at the beginning of the interview and talking about how to sell a wrestling show and stuff like that, I was like, you know what, he sounds pretty reasonable. Like, he doesn't sound like an asshole at all. And then he said that about Tony Khan, and I think that it's easy for old guys to pick on young guys like that but I'll also say that the climate is so much different. And when, because it started off with Ariel Hawani, who's a journalist just like me. In fact, this is the first time that Ariel Hawani had ever gotten Eric Bischoff on uh, his show. So, beat you to it, player. This is banned from ringside. We had him first. <laughs> but, uh, but he, he said, is there any chance for AEW to take over WWE in the ratings? And, Bischoff's like, well, of course not. I mean, that's such a ridiculous thing to say. And it's like, yeah, but it's like the landscape is so much different. And for Eric Bischoff to say, you know, they have 900,000 hardcore fans and the ratings never go up, they never go down. It's just the same 900,000. It's like, dude, you didn't have YouTube to compete with. You didn't have fucking video games on your fucking phone to compete with. You didn't have Instagram to compete with. You didn't have fucking Reddit it's like for Eric Bischoff to act like Tony Khan gets so many less viewers than him, and that is because Eric Bischoff was good at what he did. Better. But Tony Khan w- isn't good at what he does. It's so fucking, it's just no country for old men, dude. You should just fucking go, just walk into the fucking <laughs> sun, dude. Walk I, into the ocean. I'll say this. Makes me really mad. No, I bet. No, there's there's things about no, there's things about Eric Bischoff's statements that you just said that that does, you know, chat my ass too. It's but just think, really not fair to Tony Khan at all. But both things I think to call it a hobby. You know who else had a hobby? Ted Turner. Right, and I'm, but <laughs> I mean that was they even say it's his hobby. Let's I'll, let's start on that side. It Ted Turner bought NWA. He didn't. 
build this from the ground up. He had he bought a uh, a company that had let's just say conservatively fifty years. I'm probably wrong with that, but let's just go with fifty. Fifty years in professional wrestling in some form or fashion. That's where I saw Ric Flair. That's my love for wrestling. Yada yada yada. Tony Khan is different. He's starting. This is a startup company, for lack of a better term. This is a startup company. And he's building this Joker from the ground up. So you, in theory, you really can't look at the two and be and make, you know, wide sweeping comparisons. This is better than this. It's not going to get these ratings, yada, yada, yada. I would love to go back not and fair, see. Dude. You guys had Hogan. I would and lo- you fucked it up for the first year or so. I would love to go back and see when... WWE came to USA, and it was like you know, it, it, I can't, it, like in the Manhattan Center. Let's see those ratings because that's what basically AEW is doing at it at its startup four years ago or five years ago, whenever it was. I'll tell you what: the only time that AEW ever reminds me of WCW is when it fucking sucks. So every time that AEW rules, I'm not like, well, this is this really reminds me of WCW Nitro. No, it's every time. AEW does something fucking stupid that sucks. I'm like, man, this reminds me of WCW Nitro. I'm not even going to go. That doesn't say a whole lot for Eric Bischoff. <laughs> I'm not going to go that far, but I will I will kind of agree with that sentiment to a certain degree. There was times where Bischoff did some stupid shit when, you know, you broke the, uh, the Goldberg Street with the fucking taser. Come on, man. Let's, let's not act like that was the fucking booking moment of the year. Right. So Tony You Khan, weren't some fucking booking genius, right. Derek Bischoff. Tony Khan has had his, you know, You watched Jerry eggs. Springer. You guys all watched Jerry Springer, and you made your wrestling like Jerry Springer. Okay, so let's, we get that. Yes. Russo has dropped It was eggs. the late 90s. Russo's dropped eggs, Bischoff, Vince, Tony Khan, they've all done it. Nobody is above reproach. Ultimately, what I was just going to say to begin with, I think Eric Bischoff can say both things and they both be true. A, maybe and that, that we've never met Tony Khan, so he has. Maybe Tony Khan is a good person and has a good heart. But B, maybe Tony Khan, and I kind of see this because – and I have been critical of AEW booking Keith Lee. We can put, talk about that. You can look at the archives, the whole, no, listen to the archives, the whole nine yards. Same point. There's guys that I think that could be doing more that aren't. So in a certain scenario, I can see where Eric Bischoff is saying, yes, the uh, Anarchy at the Arena Part 2, great example. It's a, a match where there's not – stakes involved but you're putting it's an all-star game and you're just letting these guys go out and do whatever the fuck they want and it was an amazing fucking match but that feels like more for us as fans versus building the next guy up or whatever the case may be so for me i think both things can be correct and be the same so we're gonna have a big show next week zach's gonna be back for a forbidden door and money in the bank predictions. That is and a gold rush predictions. Big show and gold rush predictions. You're welcome. Thank you very much. You're, I mean, you're the NXT market. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fuck you. Is God, there? We can't believe I'm gonna watch NXT again. One last thing I want to say about AEW is that I usually say that I don't care about ratings and shit like that. I really don't. I want AEW to continue to exist. Agreed. And it doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon. 
There's going to be ebbs and flows. You got you signed a monster deal, so I mean, even if it's so what it was eighty four a eight hundred ninety four thousand. I saw. I guess yeah. it was the number. Okay, yeah, it's a, a bad number. It's not a great number, but it ain't the worst number. But guess what? They're not going anywhere. Yeah. They just got another fucking show. Yes, TNT TBS just gave them another show. So guess what? So they must like the ratings somehow, right? Or they like the eighteen through thirty four male demographic, demographic that they or get, whatever. You know? And then you get old guys like us that are like, well, you know, I like doing a podcast, I guess. It's like, run down Jungle Boy any chance I get. Just like getting high on Thursdays, man. Uh, anything else that uh, we forgot about? Um, just one thing, Jay White, and I. one last thing, I just got to get it off my chest. When Jay White came over to AEW, I was not expecting him to – be in a tag team with Juice. I'm not saying he wasn't supposed to be with Juice Robinson or they're not supposed to be Bullet Club or not have friends. When Jay White comes over, I expect him to go for singles championships, yep. not team up with Juice and tease going after FTR, okay? I love Jay White. It's well-documented. Jay White should be the leader of this Bullet Club gold. Uh, Juice Robinson should be his subordinate sidekick. If you want to bring the guns in as the tag team group and make that as the Bullet Club gold in AEW, so be it. But by no means should Jay White be in a tag team scenario situation moving from Forbidden Door on. I'll give you Forbidden Door. If you want to do it at that point, so be it. From that point on, Jay White needs to be the focus of Bullet Club gold. Well, I agree. I would like him. I would. I would like to see him fighting for belts. I think that there is a part of them that felt like they needed to in- introduce him to an American audience. Okay, which I totally get. Okay, and I I often go back to this interview that I listened to with Samoa Joe one time where he said, "All that counts when you're talking about your pocketbook is TV time, and TV time." begats more TV time if you do what you're supposed to do with the TV time, and that's how you make money. And Jay White is getting television time, and he's in a huge match on Collision. Right, probably the main event. And I'm going to have a... <laughs> it better be the main yeah, event. Yeah, that's what I say. Well, you probably say that. The main event going to be Anna Jay versus Sky Blue or something? No, it's going to be the, the women's match. You know, and this is no disrespect to the women's, but just God knows. No, it, it's, it's the main one, event. It's going to be one of those times where this it's is going to be the main FTR. event. FTR. Right. You know, I, I, like I said, I just Looking Jay for, White uh, needs to be more of a singles guy versus even threatening as, with Juice. As much as I hate talking about he who not sh- he who should not be named, Mister Phil Brooks. Yeah, um, I will be watching. Oh yeah, Collision with fucking this Bill week. Martin. You get yeah. the pass. Yeah. You know, you're going to get I the heroes welcome. I want to see what happens next week. The week after, what if, he, what if he turns on FDR and sides with the elite? Now we're talking. Now we got a story. Okay, see, you 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 let that pencil shit go to your head. Yeah, I know. I had some good ones. Yeah, earlier. you know, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. This one. Uh-uh. This is banned from ringside. Hey, everybody! We got some birthdays this week. Chuck Palumbo, fifty-two, Missouri zone. Well, he went to Central Missouri State. I don't know if he's from Missouri, but. He was in one of my favorite angles of all time, which is Billy and Chuck. Do you think that Billy Gunn and Chuck Palumbo talk? You think they text? When you spend that much time, you and I see each other once a week. You think they text 
with Rico Washington? <laughs> Not bum. Rico Washington. Uh, Rico, no, Rico Washington was that dude that played second base for the Cardinals. For a, he had a cup of coffee with the Cardinals. Uh, Rico, what the fuck was that guy's name? Not Rico Washington. <laughs> you know who I'm talking. About. Maybe it's yeah. just Rico. Was it? I think it was just Rico. It was just yeah, Rico. like the the, psych, the gay sidekick or whatever. I think it was just Rico. Whoa! Look, I don't know. Look, I mean, not judging. Look, just he never said. I'm not here to. Look, I'm not here to claim his sexuality I'm, for look, Chuck, Billy, you, we can, we, he used to take yeah. bumps too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he was good. But the, the, the Sonam Boys is the uh, the post Rico era of that shit. Chuck Palumbo's 52. Uh, Cesar Bononi, you remember him? Vaguely, yes. 37. Didn't he have a match against Cody Rhodes at a pay-per-view one time? No, that wasn't him. That was a different guy with a bunch of O's in his name. Uh, shit. I'm just saying they had a bunch of O's. Could have been Mongoose. Uh, Bailey is 34. Ultimate Warrior. R.I.P. Well, yeah, Look, if, the P, if the P stands for piss. Rest in Whoa, piss. Whoa. Oh, he's a dickhead. He's a racist. <laughs> Fuck him. Dead. Fucking asshole. I'm anyway. Just, I was just saying because he's dead. You know, from that point, however you feel yeah, is however you, you feel. you can disrespect the dead. Can on, you? On this podcast. Okay, yeah, fair sure. enough. Yeah, sure. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Razor. Man, I hope he's doing okay. He's 29. The Authors of Pain were set to take the world by storm, man. What happened? I to would him? love to go back and listen to... Those podcasts, because obviously Authors of Pain were on with, uh, with what's his face, uh, Paul Ehring, Paul Ehring as yeah, Ehring as the manager. He just pointed, yeah, and it's it just, just point and go. Yeah, they were fun. They were in that one of my favorite NXT matches of all time, which was DIY versus them in the ladder match for the belts at uh, right before. Champa turned on Gargano. Ooh, those are the good old days, weren't they? Uh, the aforementioned Jungle Boy. Twenty six. You gonna listen, miss, you go you gonna wish that motherfucker happy birthday after you talked all that all yeah. that shit on this motherfucker. Listen, I said that there's plenty of room for Jungle Boy to grow. He is not. <laughs> he is not. He should not be. He should not be fighting for the IWGP Championship. I'll stand. He's by losing. That Don't worry about it. Till the day I die. No, I do worry about it. Minoru Suzuki is fifty five. Murder Grandpa, my boy. Fifty five. <laughs> what a badass. Fifty five. Uh, I got to start doing some push-ups. Speaking of badasses, the last two are Bruiser Brody is 77, would be 77. 77 yeah. And Coco Beware would be 66. Yeah, I, think, I, think I, was, yeah, I, I thought, but we, I'm not going to. No, well, I'm not hold putting, on. Hold on. I'm not going to do it. We got to find out real fast because we can't leave this podcast saying that the man's dead if he's alive. I think I thought so, but I'm not 100% sure that was that steroid era shit. Could be, possibly. Rabbit fever, middle hey, everybody. Night. Really? Thanks for listening to our podcast because we know there's tons of podcasts. To for James William Ware Jr., born June 20th, 1958, still alive. Yeah, Coco. Coco Beware. For Joey O'Farrell, happy Check. birthday, brother. For happy Murray birthday, Murray, for Check. Patriot Pat, Check. for Sideways in Time, their Check. podcast that they haven't done a single episode of in the last 18 months. Ford Vice Check Ford Three beers Zach Bowen We missed you For Jason Cornelius Bell Demetri Wabitches Black Lives Matter Happy Juneteenth Tip your local weed dealers And boo the heels Woo Bitch